Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Hotline League. It is going to be an incredible episode because we have so much to talk about. Uh, guess what? The regular season's done. And it's not just done like spring. It's done. It's done, done for 2022. Yes. So we're going into playoffs. And there's a lot of exciting things that have been happening uh, that we're going to talk about on the show. But first off, let me introduce my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? It's going good. Uh, hanging out. Didn't get to watch that much stuff last week. Just busy with the Super Week coming up. This week, I, I I don't know who this guy really is, but there's a five-hour podcast with John Carmack that I found. I don't know who Lex Friedman is. I should say the host of it. But the John, there's one with John Carmack that I don't know how it got recommended to me, but it was really cool to listen to. Uh, so that's that's what I, that's what I'm listening to right now. I'm what, I'm like an hour right into a, this five-hour podcast, and you're gonna keep listening to it through the show. Yeah. So uh, good thing we got two guests on this time. Okay. I can really mail it in more than usual. Okay, fantastic. Uh, well, I was gonna say before we introduce the guest, Mark, as we're bantering, I should I should mention that I uh, I started a, a game that you've told me to play for a long time last night, and I almost started to fall asleep during it, which is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, wow. It was very. I you didn't you tell me that that was like an amazing game? Blah blah. blah. Probably. Yeah, I played like four or five years ago. I, I won't deny that the start is a little slow, but there's a fair amount of systems that slowly open up. And then like by the time everything's running along, it, it, it's pretty fucking fun. Awesome. Well, maybe I will do that. Anyway. What house have you joined? Uh, I joined the the Empire one to the south. I think it's like... So you're Slytherin. Oh, are they the bat? Okay, thanks for the spoilers, buddy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I just <laughs> picked one. Let's go ahead and introduce our guest of the evening, a very stoic man who does not move much. We have E.G. Rigby on, who is. I think this is the first time we've done anything together, right, Rigby? Uh, yeah, probably. I haven't done anything much like at all, so this is just like my first time. Awesome. With anyone? Uh, Peter, you're still very breathy. If you could change your <laughs> Sorry, when you're, when you're laughing, I just hear maybe change your uh, your your Discord sensitivity or something like that. Because when you start laughing, it just people are gonna think Rigby's a dragon. Anyway, uh, so this this is your first time doing anything, Rigby. How nervous are you right now? Oh, uh, I mean, I was just like since the playoffs are all around the world, like starts tomorrow, and then it's kind of like active on Wednesday. I was just trying to find something like league related, so I don't I don't get distracted. Yeah. So like this is really good for me, and then I'm not that nervous. It's just like talking, so yeah, I don't even very... have cam on. Yeah. So that's, that's very nice of you to call us league related, because sometimes we are not very <laughs> league yeah. related. We're gonna ask you I guys. Mean, it has what... league on the name. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's a is a good point. Okay, let's see how his microphone reacts now. We're gonna go to our other guest, Peter Dunn. Peter Dunn, how you doing? Okay, now we can't hear you at all. Uh, so we're very close. Here, while Peter messes with his settings somewhere, Rigby, what is your role with EG? Uh, my role? Yes. What do you do with EG exactly? For the people uh, that don't know. Because you've been so, more behind the scenes, so. So I basically, like, do the draft prep. Like, that was my main thing in, like, Spring Split 2. And then, like, moving on to Summer... I've been dealing with you too. Like I'm just being like uh whatever like job related stuff that a coach has to do uh, while like being friends with all the players. So my it's it's just not one thing, but it's just being into like the players' lives lives and then 
uh, just doing my job as a coach. Like both are my jobs, I think. Gotcha. Okay, so you you manage the players kind of, and you also you're doing uh, draft prep. Uh, yeah. Okay, so if there's a bad draft, should people blame you? Oh, uh, they should. Okay, fantastic. Okay. The reason the drafts were also bad in spring was because Rigby hadn't wasn't here yet. Um, that's that's the the reasoning as well. If you remember way back in the middle of spring, everyone was like, "Oh, the, the EG drafts." It's because Rigby wasn't here in person. Is that yet. is that true, Peter Dunn? Can you guys hear me? Please yes, you got very quiet. You're very quiet. I think what you did is you somehow instead of turning down your mic sensitivity, you have turned down your output volume. Oh, my output volume. Ah, yes. Yeah, we want output up, but you want to turn the noise gate up as well, so it, it cuts you off more. Or yes. you can, okay, uh, there's a better? lot of... Is this better? Uh, you're still here. Let me see if I could, if I turn you up to 200%. Can you talk again? How about now? Is this better? I think so. Twitch chat will let us know. Um, but let's just go with it for now. So... Okay. Is it true, Peter Dunn, that all of the draft failures in Spring Split were because Rigby wasn't here? Uh, sure. Let, 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 let's go. Let's go with that. It was all. It was all on me. Uh, that, that's what went wrong. In, that's what went wrong in Spring. Now, um, I, I mean, I, I think Rigby is kind of un underselling it a bit, right? Rigby is our like LCS head coach. He does kind of everything that you would, that most people in North America would imagine and. Uh, a head coach to do. You know, he he does our draft prep. He does our strategic prep. He leads scrims. You know. Uh, he's a big part of why EG has been so successful this year. And to be honest, uh, if he wasn't literally here right now, I would be gassing him up a huge amount to you guys, um, just between the three of us. But it feels a bit cringe to do it when he's literally sitting in the same call. Um, I mean, I think you just but... gassed him up a ton. What do you? I don't know what you would describe what you just did. I don't think I'm doing full justice to the to the great work that he's doing on EG. Um, so so yeah, looking forward to to seeing a show tonight. Fantastic. I, I don't think I've ever interacted with with uh, Rigby directly, but at Spring Finals, I don't remember if it was uh, the third place match. Uh, no, it, it was the final week uh, finals because I wasn't working the finals. I uh, I was trying to get my girlfriend in to the arena, and it was just like this whole thing. She had to take it, but she went to the wrong entrance or something. And during that time, I saw Rigby step outside and then try to step back in, and then he also got into trouble trying to get back in. So I don't know if I don't think you guys ever talked about that, but I, I watched him step out past one security guard, like the security guards changes, and then the new security guard did not know who he was, and they're like, who's this guy trying to break in? In the middle of finals. That's <laughs> like after game one or something. Yeah, I wasn't like even shocked. I was just like, okay, you're gonna like, let me get inside eventually, so I'll just wait. And then <laughs> that guy just let me in after. <laughs> That's great. Okay, well, regardless, uh, Rigby, is this the only time you're ever going to be in Hotline League? Because I remember you tweeted that like this is the only split you're going to have because you're you have to go back to Korea after this. Uh, probably. I mean, I'm always down for that, but like, uh, when I go back to Korea, like probably like January, February, I have to do like uh, military training for like four weeks, so I will probably be unavailable to do it on that point. But apart from that, it's just community service, so I'll have oh, okay. a lot of time. Okay. So it's not it's not like you're going to be gone forever. Yep. Okay. For for people who are unaware, can you run through some of your history for uh, Lowly Sports, your time in LCK and whatnot? So uh, I was basically so I left my parents when I was like 
uh, 18. It's all in Korean age because it's hard to like calculate it in American age when thinking of the past. So like when I was 18, like my parents told me, you're all grown up, live by yourself. So I spent basically like five years trying to like earn money and then working on like random ass part-time jobs. And then when I got 23, it was just like, oh, now I can, I finally have like a, a house. It's a rent, but like I have a house. I now can do something that I want. So I joined Hongdu company. And the reason for that is they had like a league team. And then I was like, I joined them as like a translator first. So I was basically the first translator for Faker and Peanuts stream on Twitch channel, if you guys remember. Yeah. And then after that, after a year, like the CEO kind of like, I was in a lot of deals. Honestly, I was the only English speaking person on the company as a whole because like they couldn't find another person. So I was on a Overwatch deal, like Kongdu Panthera to C9. And then like, since I did all of those, like pretty fine, the CEO just gave me opportunities to start coaching. So first year was Kongdu Monsters. Second year was Clutch Gaming. Third and fourth year was Africa Freaks, and then now I'm on EG. You were at Clutch? Yep. Wow. I somehow missed this. Did you know that, Mark? Yeah, everyone from EG was basically there for that Clutch run. Not everyone, but like a non-negligible part. Yeah, Artemis was there. Yeah. Who, who, who else? Empire, Andrew Barton. Wow. If you just go to the EG like page, and then start opening up things, all of them will say clutch. <laughs> so there's a world where Dignitas is EG right now? In yes. A world where they I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yes. where they had retained their, their yes. people. Yes. That's what I've in decided. A, That's how we're going to very, In a very, very different parallel universe. Yes. Sure. Imagine that. They wouldn't have even needed to have sold Vulcan to C9 to then get him back. You could have just kept him the whole time. Yes. Oh, it's true. So they'd probably already have won a whole year in advance. And then, yeah, there's a whole... Okay, I like that world more. Anyway, let's uh, shout out to Alienware and Grubhub, who are our sponsors of the show. I don't want to forget them. Uh, but let's. there's a lot to talk about on this week's episode. So, one, Mark, have you submitted your votes yet for All Pro, MVP, etc.? No, those are due tomorrow night. So yes. due tomorrow, due tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great point. Anyway, so we have an opportunity here, folks, where... Wait, Peter, do you vote for uh, EG? We're, we're discussing it. I think I think O will probably vote this year. But this split, but I've, I still... When you say Earl, you mean Rigby, right? Yes, Rigby. Yep, okay. yep. Okay, so Rigby... Well, regardless, either Peter or Rigby sounds like we'll vote. And it sounds like they haven't voted yet. So listen, Hotline League callers, you have in this moment three people who you can somehow try to make an argument or influence to get us to vote the way that you want on MVP or All Pro or whatever. So that's a huge thing we can do tonight. Uh, there's also, what else? We, we have basically the, the final, we do have the final results of summer split to talk about. I'm sure a lot of people have opinions on who doesn't deserve the spot that they're in or whatever, et cetera, and some playoff predictions uh, because we're now heading into playoffs. Um, what else? What else? Is there anything? I mean, that's those are the well, big things, had, obviously. Yeah, in terms of, like, gameplay stuff, that's the big things. Uh, we also had 
pool party weekend or pool party day. So there's probably, I don't know if there's any broadcast takes or if, uh, yeah, people thought that uh, pool party was cringe. You know, I know that there's a lot of people who say stuff like that, or they think that it was amazing. Then maybe they can call in and talk about that. Maybe you thought Mark should have gotten dunked and he didn't get dunked. And that's, that's how I feel. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's a whole lot to talk about on the show tonight. People in the chat already spamming their MVP takes. Okay. Yeah, Peter uh, also put out his his split splitly. It's not weekly. Yeah. It's yeah, whatever. Splitly splitly ballot. Yeah, I, I always do the ballot publicly so that people can flame me. Yes. If they want. So your we won't read all of them, but your all pro team would be yeah. because you can't vote for EG players. Yeah. Someday Santorin, Abadage, Berserker, and Zven. The Zven yeah. one is very fascinating to me. Uh, someday would be your MVP and uh, Dokla, your most improved player. Rooker, rookie is Berserker. Uh, coaching staff, uh, top coaching staff is CLG. I mean, so, you have to give it to CLG, no? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Travis it depends. find a way to disrespect them. No, no, no. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes people give. There's. I feel like in the same way that um, MVP is often like, Confu like people have different takes on what MVP means. I think sometimes people are like coaching staff often just goes to the team that like won the the split or got first in the split. So like presumably in that case it would be you guys. So I I'm not, it's not saying where my mind's at. I'm I'm undecided at the moment, but I can be swayed for tonight. I I feel like that's why they're on tonight. Is that like Rigby and Peter want to sway public minds, start their little campaign here for why they should get it over CLG. Rig Rigby, why should you get coach uh, coaching staff of the split over anybody else? I don't want to be cocky because, like, I have like a clear player gap to be honest to like get <laughs> the first place. But like, since I'm like gonna be a goner next year, I'm gonna be honest. I pretty much like gapped all of them pretty hard. Also, <laughs> yeah, player okay. gap and coach gap. So yeah. here's here's the thing. Sadly, when if you're gone next year. And EG sucks. That's when people are really like, wow, Rigby got robbed last split if you don't get it this time. Uh-huh. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, shall we hop into calls, Mark? Uh, sure. Do you want to explain how the calls. show works? Yeah. People are tuning in for the first time. The way the show works is actually a live call-in show. So we will be... Taking calls from the Discord that I'm spamming in Twitch chat right now. Go ahead and click that and join up. When you get there, go ahead and join the pleb calls or sub calls voice channels. Mute your microphone when you get in there. Then in the pleb topics or subtopics text channel, which is above those, you'll go ahead and actually put in your take, whatever you want to talk about, who you think's making all pros, who you think's making playoff runs, whatnot. Um, I'll be reading those takes. If I like your call, I'll pull you from the waiting room to, or the pub topics, excuse me, into the waiting room. Will you hang out until it's your turn? We'll do a quick audio check, make sure you sound good, and then you'll be on air talking to the EG staff. Yeah, and if you are a sub, first off, thank you for being a sub. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, but make sure that you link your Discord and your Twitch so that you'll get sub rights in the Discord and you can access the subtopics chat, which you can drop your your question in instead or your take in instead and uh, it moves a little slower so sometimes it's a bit of an ad, an advantage it's a little pay to win is uh, the way that i'm getting at you know that's how we like to design things around here 
All right, while Mark is uh, filling up the waiting room, let's check in with our coaching staff uh, that's on here. So how are you guys feeling going into playoffs? Should I start? Yeah, yeah go, go for it. Uh, it just basically start like I can finally do my job. Like LCS is BO1 while, while like LCK was like BO3 at the minimum. So like every time I do a BO1, like even if I win or lose, like I just tend to think about like possible next games. But that's just doesn't happen during the regular spirit, right? And then playoffs, it's like BO5. So it's definitely something that like our players and like our coaching staff can excel at. So I'm looking forward to it. Do you feel like that's like the, the bigger test of your skills is best of fives? Uh, I'm not even going to say it's a test, but it's like way much fun. Okay, got Just you. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Peter, how about you? How are you feeling going into playoffs? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, like last split, we were kind of playing catch up, you know, from against the other teams. Um, so we were grinding extremely hard to kind of get to the top. This split, we kind of came in as like the number one team. So normally you'd expect um, certain other teams in the league to grind to, to, to catch up. Um, I feel that not everyone in the league has grinded as hard as they possibly can to catch up to the hardest extent. So in playoffs, looking forward to seeing that grind and looking forward to seeing what people come up with. Nice. Okay. Very good. Are you guys, are there any teams you guys are concerned about going into playoffs? Oh, uh, I mean like 100 Thieves and Teal basically. They yeah. were the ones who fought us till the end during Spring Split. And then they're just like, I personally think that they're always like a team who can at least take like one game out of like BO5. So that's why like it's like a bit concerning, but I don't think we're going to lose to them, to yeah. be honest. Do you, uh, do you think you'll drop any games to them? We can. I mean, we're just like, the good thing about our team is that we're not afraid about like dropping a game. That's why we have like multiple scenarios like prepared per match and then like even if we win or lose we have like the next step available right away so i don't think uh i don't think we have to like be so stressed about like not dropping games we're just gonna play as it out goes but we're gonna win everything at the end that's my take yeah okay fair enough all right mark should be back here he's grabbing a collar right now but shout out to some folks who subbed during the show exios cubby uh robert bruce gifted five subs very nice uh chameleon and mint gelato thank you everybody for your subs our first guest is here and it is none other than slow bro slow bro where are you calling from and you're muted yeah there we go sorry about that uh st louis missouri st louis missouri and you've called in before right uh yeah once or twice okay well what do you want to talk about on the show uh sorry i lost my take here uh so what are the expectations for eg going into worlds uh they are clearly the best chance that na has in international competition but they also did lose to every real threat at msi so should we expect another round of development so so this is your it's a more of a question for the coaching staff you're saying right yeah sorry okay also you're saying going into worlds um i i know maybe you're confused because of g2 but are you aware that these guys are uh not currently qualified for worlds yet uh i am aware i'd be quite surprised if they didn't make it uh okay very good so i just love this this trap question right out the gate where it's like yeah you guys are clearly looking th past playoffs already 
Uh, okay, so what are expectations for teams or for EG going into Worlds? I don't know which one of you guys wants to start. You want to go first out, or should I? Oh, you can. Okay, so uh, <laughs> let's put it this way. Uh, we learned a lot from MSI, um, but there's a big, big difference between MSI and Worlds in that, firstly, the teams that are at Worlds are going to be worse than the teams that are at MSI, but also we have the home crowd. Um, behind us and actually if you look at this EG team the more there's a home crowd the larger the crowd is especially for North American crowd the better the team does um, like you look at our record in quarantine it's like 14 wins 12 losses you look at the record in the studio it's 19 wins 6 losses and you look at the record in stadium it's 6 wins 0 losses right um, and obviously that's you know the, there's been more crowd uh, in front of more people so we're going to have the home crowd behind us which is going to be a huge 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 boost. Um, we've learned a lot about playing against international teams, um, but also I think we've learned a lot at this MSI about how to lose productively. Um, and I think that that's something that we weren't really challenged in in spring because we just won like every single scrim. And you know, even though we were losing games on stage, I don't think we ever seriously thought that we were not going to be one of the best teams at the end of the split. But then we went to MSI and we lost quite a lot of games. We lost quite a lot of scrims. Uh, and I think the big thing that I've noticed coming into this split is how how well that we are, uh, the players uh, in the team are dealing with, in review, um, with recovering from losses. And like, I, I, just as a coach who's coached on many, many different teams, the, the lack of tolerance for bullshit on this team is like really, really high. Like if you've just had a bad game, you know, you just say, okay, I had a bad game, move on. What do we learn from this game? You know, you don't have somebody saying, oh, you know, if this had happened, then maybe, you know, my, my mistake wouldn't have been done. It's just like, okay, I made this mistake. I'm going to fix it. We go next, right? Uh, and I think that that is, that is something which puts us in good stead going back into the national competition, which may be uh, going into MSI. We weren't that well prepared. So you mentioned, you, you were quoting the numbers. You're saying that, because uh, I haven't paid attention. So... You, for those that don't know, because maybe they're not always paying attention, uh, there's a lot of times during the regular split where teams have had to play at the their like training facility or whatever because of a either a positive test or, as Inspired's deleted tweets would say, a false positive test. Um, and so, and so you're sorry, I didn't realize, Peter, done that there is a very big difference between your guys' record in LCS Studio versus whenever you guys are playing at the training facility? Yeah, so so the LCS Studio is better and the stadium is like even better than that. Okay. Um, like, I mean, the stadium is a very small sample size. Uh, I, mean, I like it for <laughs> I like it for narrative reasons, but I'm not, you know, I'm more interested in the, the if there's a notable difference between LCS Studio and playing at the training facility, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, we're 19-6 at the studio, right? So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I feel like this was a very nice way of sidestepping the caller's question, though, because I think the caller wanted like out we'll of send groups. it to Rigby. Yeah, we want <laughs> caller wants tangible call your shots world semis type type kind of thing. I think. Uh, so yeah, I think we're gonna go to worlds, and then like the wins and losses and playoffs. Hopefully, just makes us like better prepared for worlds. And then the thing that we kind of felt in MSI was that, like, first of all, we were kind of expecting that it's going to be, like, tough situation. 
And then after going through like tough results, like we didn't expect to like go zero six against G two, but like uh, we were kind of expecting that RNG and T one are gonna be good teams. But after going through everything, I, the thing that I noticed that was like really good for our world's performance was that like these people were angry, and then like that just showed me that like these people really want to win regardless of being in a domestical stage or like international stage and then like after the tournament i basically had a talk with like every single one of them and then they were all looking for like the, their performances in worlds uh on like what could be done better and then how they're gonna like deal it better like the next this time uh this time when we go to worlds and then i've seen that a lot from like especially like the two rookies of our team Jojo and Danny, and then, like, actually, Danny is, like, the quiet guy. I didn't know him well until, like, during the spring split, but, like, after MSI, like, I was basically a guide, too, as well as being, like, a coach, because, like, I'm the Korean, so I have to order them food. I have to, like, take them out <laughs> for, like, food. Uh, so I had, like, a lot of talk, and then I even felt, like, the Danny is, like, eager to win. And then seeing all of that, and then, uh, luckily that since Worlds is going to happen in NA this year, I think it's going to be huge advantage for us. And then, I don't know, it always has to be, like, lucky going out of groups. But if we go out of groups and then it's just, like, a quarter, quarter final, semi-final, I think that just depends on, like, how it looks at that point. But if we get out of groups, I'm pretty confident we can, like, even go to the semis. Hey, this is a not to send us on in too much of a tangent, but we never really talked about this on the show um in previous episodes and maybe we should have but right when riot released the scheduling and everything for world states it became pretty clear that despite kind of the heavy the strong sentiment about last year's worlds there's no format change going into this year's worlds um are were you guys frustrated by that at all peter you're making a face um i thought can i pause can i plead the fifth yeah uh i it sounds like you're i mean it, it's, you can you cannot say anything and just nod if you agree that you wish there were changes or shake your head. You can be cold. You could be you know trying to look up. Your, I mean, you can. I, is it really that bad for you guys to say we, you wish that the format was different? Why? Okay, so I, I've got one question. Why? Why does EU get to send four teams uncontested instead of NA? Haven't they had better historic performance? But it's only oh. the last two years. Over the last two years, I think they got one extra team out of something. I think it was from MSI two years ago, no? Where C9 boomed. Oh, and... it's C9. Okay, we have to blame C9. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. You, you can blame C9 for it. Because otherwise, I think Worlds the last two years, we've had the same performance, if I'm not mistaken. One team out of groups each. Yep. yep. At Worlds and at MSI. Yeah. yeah. I feel like from uh, a like t a technical speaking you, you, there was even a chance. Didn't people say that last year we did slightly better than them at Worlds? I think it's like we had like one more game on them or something. We won one more game, but Fnatic also imploded. So it's kind of true, but like only if you squint your eyes. Yeah, and but you out shouldn't be making format decisions by being like, "Well, Fnatic imploded." You know what I mean? Like it's it's such a weird. Well, again, they're not. They're making it based off MSI last split. So like, I don't know. I my hot take is I don't think fourth seeds add... I think I told you about this before, Travis. I don't think fourth seeds add anything to the tournament because it doesn't help with regional representation. These these regions already have three teams there. The fourth seed's never going to win Worlds, in my opinion. Maybe I'll be wrong one day and I'll eat crow for it. But, like, 
you're you're getting like somewhat better games and like you're getting more chinese viewership which i think is is the the one like thing you can really sell on is like the major region teams technically are going to bring in more viewership most likely than the minor region teams yeah. but like from a competitive standpoint it's only marginally better um and from a like representation standpoint it's worse so the, like the, i i think fourth seeds are are like whatever to me anyways the only kind of counter argument to that is uh like i maybe this is too you know specific of a situation but you know it's going to be played in north america this year right and one of the things that is happening is uh kelby is thinking about going with uh julie you know julie and they're going to be in new york but they can't make it to the first part of groups and so they have to go to the second part of groups but if you're buying a ticket if you are a north american fan and you're buying a ticket for groups in new york uh, when they go on sale, you won't know what the schedule is yet. Although, I don't know when the fuck tickets are going to go on sale. It's actually crazy they haven't yet. But regardless, so you don't actually know if you're buying a ticket for a day where no North American team plays. Because that happens in groups, right? Where you could just yeah, be second, buying second a half. ticket. Yeah. And so that's kind of a shitty feel, I, feel, I think. I mean, it's a little specific, right? But similar things happen on in the first half even where you can, like, because one team... One group doesn't play each day. Like I don't know. It. I, think I mean, just even North, not North American specific. If you're just a T1 fan and there's going to be that second round robin where they play all their games on that one day, everyone wants to buy that day's tickets. Yeah. You just don't know when it is yet. <laughs> yes. Yes. You also don't know when tickets are. Why aren't tickets? On, they haven't said where it is or when when tickets are going on sale. Right, chat. Like, it's getting kind of crazy. I feel like. Um, maybe I will reach out to them and be. Express disappointment. Um, okay. Anyway. I'm going to complain online for engagement. So, no, no, no. I said reach out to them and be just reaching out is the opposite of complaining online. Unless you want to uh, count I didn't hear email. the reach out. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. Uh, you would never. Uh, you, ha you have more knowledge than anybody else on how often I reach out. Uh, anyway. Okay. So, let's wind this down to say Peter Dunn. What did what was his answer? He was frustrated about something. I don't know. And then Rigby came in with the real answer, which is they're going to do great because the players were pissed that they didn't do as well as they could have at MSI. Am I getting that correctly? Yep. Okay. Great. So Slowbro, does that answer your question? Uh, yeah, a little diplomatic, but I'll take it. All right. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Uh, yeah, shout out Mark's TikTok. Very cute aesthetic TikToks. Okay, but mine TikTok is actually crushing it right now. So I know, post more. Nobody needs to see Mark be like, watch me slice this banana for my girlfriend at <laughs> 6.30 in the morning. Okay, I'm putting League of Legends esports content on my TikTok. Travis, you, you only think about numbers, all right? I think about expressing myself creatively, all right? Not everyone cares about watching me slice bananas at 6 a.m., but for the people who do... I'm killing it. Mark, if I cared about numbers, this show would be wildly different. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Slowbro, yeah, for the call. We'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks. Uh, Mark is off to grab the next caller. Thank you to uh, BD's Blue Jay, Kanoke, or Blue Jay for 40 months. Wow. Kanoke and Omega Diamond Zinc. Thank you, everybody, for the subs. Really appreciate it. All right, uh, let's see. Mark should be back here in just a second. Where are you right now, Rigby? Are you in your home, your apartment? 
Yeah, AO apartment. Okay. Um, I wish I wish we could see. I'm sure it's a great. Okay, Zamelkai is here. Zamelkai, where are you calling from? Uh, I am calling from the London United Kingdom. London United Kingdom, and what do you want to talk about on the show? You're a little breathy too. I know we got breathy breathy mics tonight, but. Uh, yeah, what, sorry. What, I got a new microphone, and it's you're good. not as good because my headphones died on me. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What would what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so my take is, um, and I realize that this is slightly throwing Rigby and Peter under the bus. I actually wrote this before I knew they were guests on the show. <laughs> the, <laughs> the best thing for both EG and NA would be for EG to come second in playoffs after a close finals. And then my side take to this is that if Inspired leaves EG after this year, he's a fool. Um, okay. so, and so... Go ahead. <laughs> I, I definitely need to give this a bit of follow-up. But so basically, uh, the reason I think EG coming second would be good for NA is that I think that... Like, if you look at EG during regular season, you look at EG basically after their playoffs run in spring, it feels like no one is truly challenging them. Like, they'll drop a best of one game, but that's partly because it's best of ones, and especially in the current meta, you can be surprised enough in draft, particularly by a thing that, like, you don't... Oh, did we lose you? No, all okay. games can just scale late enough that, oops, you lost an old Drake. Oh, I hope not. There's just a bit of a lag. Spike, okay, so we're, you're cool. Good. Sorry. Um, but yeah, like, you, like, oops, you lost an Elder Drake. But, like, otherwise, EG haven't really been challenged. So, if they actually get to a finals and have, like, a five-game series against, like, I don't know, 100 Thieves or something, and it's, like, banger series, then one, I think, like, EG players need to feel like there's a reason for them to try hard in NA. Because, like, you had that JoJo interview where he's talking about being bored. And, like, if Inspired feels like he's just hands down the best jungler in NA, then there's going to be a voice at the back of his mind going, why don't I just go back to EU? Um, and so I think, like, having EG lose is good for EG in the long term because it helps keep a fire under their ass to keep improving. And then I think it'd be good for NA because... I think that basically it's just a having EG look so strong and then have someone else come out challenge them, have it be like a blow-for-blow -blow affair, is just good for viewership, good for development, and good for that overall. Okay. Uh, and then also, okay. Inspired should go back to EU, because he's so much better than he was on Rogue. I'm a huge Rogue fan, I love them so much, but like, Inspired, you were not challenging yourself on that team. You were letting yourself get away with things that you knew you shouldn't, and like, he's so much better now, and like, don't go back. Just stay here. Okay, so, let's dive in to the first part. Uh, Rigby, you were just saying that the team gets mad, and that they lost at MSI, and they, did, and they got mad when they didn't do well. And so that's why you think they're going to do well at Worlds. So what if they lose in finals uh, and then they get even more mad, which will make them do even better at Worlds? Oh, uh, I mean, losing basically like doesn't mean that like just losing doesn't mean that we're going to like be angry and then do better. But it's just like uh, how we played against our Garengi, how we played against like T1 how we played against G2 on the lateral half of the stage, and then we actually felt that, like, 
if he full committed, then we could have actually won a lot of games against them. That's like the feeling, but like dropping final against like 100 Thieves T, uh, TL, it's just gonna be like, ah, uh, they were lucky. I don't care, we're <laughs> aiming for worlds anyway. <laughs> let them let let them get the trophy. Like they're gonna be stuck in group anyway. Like that's, I think that's, they will think that way. That's the copium you're saying. They'll just huff the copium, and so it won't actually mm -hmm. help. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, very very honestly, a very honest response. I feel like. I, okay. I like Twitch chat <laughs> speculation that like the worst they do, the angrier they'll get. So what what's the really long term play is to bust her out and miss world. So you're really angry for spring next <laughs> yeah. year. The EG's just the Hulk. Uh, and then you just, <laughs> he's just pissed them off. I, honestly, I, I don't think I'm going to let that happen. Like, this is my last world experience before I do, like, military service. So I'm not going to let that happen. It has okay. to be this year. Gotcha. I like, I, what I appreciate about you, Rigby, is that, and why I think EG will do well, is because you're so self-centered. Uh, you're just like, let me, this is about me. I'm going to military service. We're going to win this shit, and you guys better fucking make it happen. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, good. Yeah, like, as, like, a head coach, uh, you have to, like, motivate your players, right? And then sometimes, uh, like, the motivation that, like, a coach has could be, like, the motivation for the players. But I've been talking them, like, not as a whole, but, like, individually that I want to do well with you guys when I'm here with you guys. And then that might not be like each individual's biggest motivation, but it's gonna be like one of them. So yeah. if my motivation is high, their motivation is gonna be high. So I don't doubt it. Win it for I, I like that. Putting putting a little guilt on their back, you know, yes. like guys, this is my last one. I really want to do with you guys, yeah. and you can't you can't let your coach down when he starts talking like that. I, yeah. I never knew my mother would make such a good esports coach. Okay, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> Peter. How about you? Uh, what What do you think of this take of you know EG should? It's actually good for EG to lose in the finals. I I, I was thinking during this call. Do you think that G two G two are probably going to win EU? Right? So that would be that would be a very good reason to get number two seed because I would love a rematch against G two Worlds. Oh, I see. I, I <laughs> Wait, don't we not get first? Doesn't our first seed end up as a second pool anyway? No, because we get got top four at MSI. Oh, okay, 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 cool. We, we took it back from a... Yeah. yeah. It's, but, it's been so long that I forget <laughs> how it works. Anyway. The, the nice thing is, too, to Peter's point, is the, the LEC finals, assuming that you guys are in the finals, like you'll see the LEC finals first. So once once G2 clearly wins wins the championship, you guys can just <laughs> FF at 15 three games in a row. It's like, oh, we just want G2 too much. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And then you get T1, and you're like, wait, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Mark, for, for you and I, do you think there's a... I, I don't... I personally don't feel like it would be better for the league if another team beat EG. I feel like uh, the league, leagues seem to do really well whenever dynasties are born. So, yeah, I kind of feel like if, if it was a crazy close finals and EG wins, like that might be, if you're just looking at it very cynically from a, a viewership perspective, I feel like the best thing for viewership. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's that angle. Um, and I think that, like, from that angle as well, I don't think EG has hit, like, their fan cap, you know? it's I think there are a lot of fans that they can still be winning over and whatnot. So continuing with the second championship and going to Worlds and having good performance and all that will, will be pretty good for the, for the region and whatnot. I also wonder just if, if it's even true, the proposal that losing in finals is good. Um, there's a lot of times where... 
other lower seeds outperform their one seed at Worlds. And not I think just North America too, like in, in across all regions, I feel like, right? Right. Yeah. There's plenty of times where like FPS chokes and, you know, other LPL teams do well or, or whatever. It, it can happen seemingly for any region at any time. Uh, but I, I wonder if there's actually any direct correlation there where like them winning finals made them lazy and the other team good, or if it was just how they spent those two months and the meta changes that might've come in or, or whatnot. So I actually do want to turn that back to, to Rigby and Peter at all. Like, do you even think that this proposition is true that you might find some extra motivation to improve by losing finals? Or do you think like your team should be motivated enough just going to worlds? Like, do you really need to lose games in on stage for this one best of five to get more data? Or like, are you gonna get plenty of data about your flaws when you start scrimming the best teams in the world? I mean, it's a false premise, right? Like, I mean, we're yeah. not playing to qualify for Worlds. We're playing to win the LCS Championship, right? Like, that's just a side effect. Going to Worlds is really nice, and we would like to go to Worlds. But, you know, like, we're here to win. We're here to win the title. We're not here to, like, qualify for Worlds. So, you know, losing in the finals would essentially be losing. You got you got kind of quiet there. I'm not sure why, but... No, no, so, so I said losing in the finals would just be losing, right? It would be failing to, to retain the title, which is obviously not a good thing. Yeah. You're still quiet though. I think I think Sorry. you got further away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're good. Okay, okay so I, I feel like that's a good answer. Uh, I like it. It's, it's good. Uh, is there? I, I I think one other thing. I know we're kind of bouncing around a little bit, but the other thing I was thinking about Mark on, you know, as a counterpoint to my like dynasty thing, is if hundred T wins, it does a decent job of like encouraging teams to stick with rosters. Because it'll be the same roster winning summer split in both years, and like that's one of the things I've been excited about with the performance of EG, Hunter T, and CLG this year is I feel like it's changing the like team ownership meta in terms of how you build rosters, how you retain talent, how you you do all this stuff. Uh, I feel like that's that's been impressive. So it is a reason to I think root for some of those teams. But yeah. Anyway. Uh, Zamelkai, I we don't I don't think we need to go into your, your your inspired plea. Sounds like more just a personal plea to inspired. So I'm not sure if there's much to get into there. But is there anything that you want to say here at the end, or anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah. Um, shout out Alienware, um, Grubhub, or Justy as they're called here. Uh, and then my final shout out is specifically to Peter Dunn. Uh, you've done it two years in a row. Please, can you make it a third? I want a third episode of Bevies with the Boys with you and Grabs, because outside of Hotline League, that is one of my favorite pieces of podcast content of all time. People haven't heard it before. It's like a three hour of just Peter Dunn and Grabs getting very drunk and talking about coaching, and it's hilarious and also very informative and taught me something I never knew about Chinese drinking culture in universities. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, well, you... You're welcome. I, I, we're on somebody else's show, uh, but but uh, thank you very much for uh, for the. Uh... We're not insecure. There's better podcasts out there. Yeah, That's okay. this show works because we do it every week. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. That's... I mean, I'm sure perhaps we'll have some big if, stories. If we can't beat them with quality, we'll beat them with quantity. Yeah, that has been my. That's been the philosophy of my career. Okay. People are like, "Why is Travis the only guy that's doing this?" and why does everybody else flunk? And it's because I'm the only guy doing it. You know, you just keep going and going and going and going. Anyway, uh, thank you to Melkai for the call, uh, and we'll catch you next time.
Thank you very much. Have a nice evening. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. But before we get into the break, I wanted to uh, I wanted to ask a question to Peter while we have you on. What yeah. do you think of the Vitality stuff? <laughs> uh, so I will say I, I have a super team take, which will include TLN okay. Vitality. Okay okay, 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 okay. Normally we don't. I figured it was safe to, to ask directly because normally we don't have LEC topics, but... Uh, we'll we'll save for that now. Now uh, Peter's prepped, so he can he can start thinking about that now. Anyway, let's talk about sponsors because Alienware sponsors the show, and it's actually guys, please. I just need Alienware to keep sponsoring the show. This this it. I am. I just booked some of the world's stuff, and it is getting incredibly expensive. Also, if anybody is in New York, I'm if, if I'm going to all of groups and quarters. Uh, it's going to cost me something like $12,000 or something for like two hotel rooms for all of that. So if anybody has any suggestions on like renting for like, if you can get a discount on renting places for longer, or, I don't know, maybe I'll do Airbnb. I just let me know. Anyway, I can't even, I would not even be able to consider, consider covering worlds this year because of how expensive it is if it wasn't for Alienware. So thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring uh, everything that I do has been fantastic. I know a bunch of you guys have been uh, purchasing Alienware products via the link that is in the description of this video. Uh, people still sometimes ask me, like even Raz asked me today. Here, Raz messaged me, and this is a true story. Where did he, he oh, he Twitter DM'd me. I'm going to leak the DMs. Uh, wait, where was it? Was it Discord? Maybe it was Discord. Uh, yes, it was Raz Discord. Raz is a big Discord user. He said, yeah. In all capital letters, Travis, what is your Alienware code? I'm getting the most costly PC possible to support Travis Gafford Industries. So one, I really appreciate Raz doing that. But two, he said code. And while I want you guys to be able to use the code, also make sure you use link because the link is now with the, the new way that Alienware has it set up. Some of your purchase actually does come back to Travis Gafford Industries uh, because of this new thing that we've been doing for the first time in the history of our, our partnership. So please make sure that you use the link, uh, alienware.com slash Travis. It's very helpful. Uh, I really appreciate it. And, um, and uh, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring. I, I'm laughing because I saw somebody in the chat that just said, sign a one month apartment lease for 10K. I, maybe, is that a thing you can do? Who knows? Okay, uh, so, but anyway, thank you to Alienware. Please use the link. Uh, when you make your purchases, they've got some great stuff over there. We love Alienware. Check them out. All right. Next caller. Yes. Thank you to is Braz in the chat. I saw. I thought I saw somebody messaging him. I don't know. Anyway, uh, thank you to John Zoidberg PhD for gifting a sub to Monster John G three six five the Noblet thirty months uh, little man. And real foxy one. Thank you everybody for all of the subs. Uh, let's see. We should have Mark back here in just a second. If you're just joining us, we're joined by Peter Dunn and Rigby, coaching staff for EG. Some of the how many how many people are on the coaching staff, Rigby? Oh, uh, I think Peter knows better. He's the head, so he should know better. Holy moly! One, two, four, two, four, seven, nine, nine, nine. There's yeah. nine people on the EG coaching across, staff. Across the three teams. Across the across three teams, the three teams. Including, okay. including an analyst and things like this. Yes. That's Who's your favorite? favorite? Who's my favorite? Uh, what's the name of 
we have a guard dog who sits outside our players uh, our players' room, making sure nobody goes in when they're in scrims. Okay, uh, you guys have to downsize. Who are you letting go of first? Oh Jesus! Okay, let's move. Okay, <laughs> Ismus is here. Ismus, where are you calling from? Hey Travis, uh, I'm calling from Allentown, Pennsylvania. Allentown, Pennsylvania. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, yeah, um, I had two takes, but my first one was that um, I think that even though TL, Hundred Thieves, and Evil Geniuses are pretty much unanimously, I think the three strongest teams right now in the LCS, I do think that one of them is going to collapse, and I think most likely the team that's going to collapse and not make Worlds is probably going to be TL. Oh boy, okay. I mean, so I think the collapse is a hot take. I don't know if picking them out of the three is the hot take, but Mark, what were you going to say? I, I was going to add the footnote that there's a lot of TL hate in the uh, Discord and just like on Reddit right now about like not disliking the people necessarily, but like the way the org was constructed. I think they have a lot of people hoping that they're going to fail. Yeah. No, I get flamed all the time for suggesting that I think it's important they make worlds for North America. Um, people, you, would, you would be angry. Burned at the stake for that on Reddit. Yes. Yes. I don't... Maybe it's TSM. TSM moved out of the spotlight, and so now it's time to, to hate on EG. Anyway, Ismus, noted EG hater... Or, sorry, TL hater. Why do you hate Team Liquid? Actually, I, I'm actually a TL fan. Or Like, my favorite teams right now are probably EG and CLG, but I've always liked TL. So it's actually... It sucks to, to say this for me. I just don't have any confidence in team. I actually am more of a 100 Thieves hater, if anything. Uh, but... I just don't know, like, especially watching the collapse this weekend against 100 Thieves, it just feels like I don't have any confidence that TL, like, knows how to win against other confident teams, if that makes sense. Like, I think any of the teams left in the playoffs, like, at least the top six teams in the playoffs, I think all have a decent chance to take wins off them. I don't think they're, uh, I just don't think they're very good at, they, they can draft for scaling and then still... Uh, get a 4k lead and then still lose. I mean, arguably you know, 100 Thieves had great staling to that game, but you know what I mean? It just feels like they don't, they haven't figured out how to win. Like they just collapse every mid game to late game. And it's just like, that does not fill me with any confidence whatsoever that they'll, you know, figure it out at this point, if that makes sense. Even in a best of five? I think, I think there's more opportunity in a best of five because what I would personally like to see them do is actually draft like, to, to just you, you're gapping your early lanes every way. Just draft early lanes and and draft to win at 20 minutes. But like and so maybe they they have more wiggle room to do that in the best of five. I just like I, again like I think EG and like CLG and Hundred Thieves just have more of like a, a killer instinct right now to like actually close out games and win games and be decisive. All right. Well, let's get into it. Rigby, what do you think? Uh, <clears throat> so. What I noticed on my first like playoffs like this here was basically that there are chokers, like clear chokers that choke on stage and then really underperform. And then we kind of felt it against like TL and Deeps. I I'm not gonna say who, but like there were not just one, like multiple chokers on both teams. So that might just happen again on stage. And then if, if we consider that a possibility, then anything can happen, right? But disregarding the fact of like uh, players choking on stage, I think Hundred Thieves. I have like huge respect for Reaper too. And then I think like from what I watched in scrims and then from what I watched on stage, they really have like consistent game style of having like early vision control and then like just sitting there, 
for enemy team to make a move first and then counter react to that. So I don't think like that's type of like game style that's likely to like uh, fail big. So I think like hundred thieves is likely going to worlds. And then in terms of TL, I don't know. Honestly, like the they're definitely like promoting like much more of like early game uh, comp and then ending the game early with the uh, massive lead in the early game. But I think the only person who kind of like understands how to win game early is basically a core and Han Sama, if anything. I mean, Han Sama is, I'm not sure about Han Sama too because his ADC, like, he's not a role that wins game early. He's like waiting for the game to hit mid late game and then like carry himself. So that's, so probably only core. Apart from that, uh, Blippo wasn't Fnatic. Like, Fnatic wasn't like a early game team. They were just like, Picking something like Severe Rakan when Reckless was there, uh, just clearing mid and then playing towards sides and then winning games uh, based on that. Santorian, I mean, has been playing TL for a while and then TL has been winning with like late game comp. Same for Bjergsen. So I think they might fail if they have like a disagreement between each and one of them. Gotcha. So that's my take. Wait, but you said you said if you have. If you have the majority of the team that want to play for late game, how is there a disagreement between each of them, right? Sounds like uh, you were saying Core is the only one that yeah. wants to play for early game? I mean, Core knows how to win games early. Like, yeah. I had talked with them, and then I heard, like, stories about him, like, playing in Samsung too. Like, he basically knows, like, each and every way of winning the game, and then he just plays accordingly to the comp. That's what I believe, even though, like... His individual performance can go up or down from time to time. Like his understanding is there. Right. But apart from them, uh, I don't think it's like at that level that they can play based on like their win conditions, like when it differs a lot. And then they have been getting like early leads, but sometimes they win cleanly out of that. Sometimes they fail to do with like a, such a immense lead, right? And then I think that's like always an underlying threat uh, as a playoff goes through. And then it's just going to be hard to like get a draft that each and every one would like. And then it will be hard to like review the game that each and every one of them like. And I think like inconsistency is a factor that can hurt their like world's chance for like doing well in playoffs. So comparing 100, 100 Thieves with TL, I think like 100 Thieves has more chance of being more consistent. Gotcha. Okay. I, I've just been listening this whole time waiting to ask. You have to name and shame the chokers. You do, you don't have to have to, but everyone is is wondering who's who are these chokers. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not my team, so I'll just say it. And then I'm gonna be a goner, so nobody will look for <laughs> me for the next two years. Sure. Uh, I mean, like in spring playoffs, TL, like I could see Bipo and Hansama choking hard, like real hard. And then even on the last game that we won 3-0, like, Core was choking too. He just was, like, frightened to lose, and then he was, like, just basically throwing, uh, hoping for something can happen, okay? That was the case for TL in spring, and then for 100 Thieves, like, Abu Dhabi, it was, like, it was just 5v4. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like, there could be another choker, but, like, Abu Dhabi was just, like, letting us win the game for free, so. I mean, JoJo was definitely good. That's why, like, he chokes, right? But, I mean, the game felt like 5v4. It was, like, an easy win. Just to add to what Rigby says, I don't think it's so much about choking. It's that they, they their play style changes, right? Like, you can see fundamentally when you've played against these guys in scrims or you've played against them on stage, 
like they have a they have particular default moves that they go back to all the time um and you know in a high pressure situation like maybe it was the first time they were at a, at a stadium for a long time or things like this like it's very noticeable like you can just see it in the game when somebody's playing different right yeah and then like i don't know like the terminology so i couldn't like define everyone as chokers but it's just like underperforming on stage yeah if you kind of understand like that's what i've been like what i saw and then what i yeah. targeted going into playoffs like all our players could feel it too yeah so would you say peter dunn that their play style changes where in scrims their play style is good and then when they get on stage their play style <laughs> becomes bad because uh, I, I don't know if good I, and bad are play styles <laughs> I think it's just that there's like very like when you when you study a player for a long time when you scrim against them when you analyze them when you scout them things like this you can just notice how they're playing right like it's just very very noticeable that something is up and it's not it's not even like uh like I, I don't know if choking is the right word it's like it's just there's something there's something different right it's they're just playing like, scared I'm, it can be playing scared, can sometimes be playing too aggressively, right? I, I think it's Those just different. like sticking to comfort zone. They exactly. want to go back to their comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Even what when they won games with. Like, Vipo yeah. going back to Fnatic days, like Hansama going to like Rogue days, like where he stomped lane. And then Quar thinking about like Samsung days, like where he gets like a good engage and they win the game from that. So I kind of like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side, just since we're kind of down this rabbit hole a little bit, are there? There's also people who are kind of coined like stage players. Are there even on your own team? I think this is less of a a shot versus a choker. But like, is there anyone who you uh, you see in scrims who doesn't seem to impress you, but then on stage they always step up, or that they're they're usually making like much better plays than they are in scrims? Oh, uh, there's like opposite. Someone like who impresses me in scrims and then disappoints me on stage, but like there's not the other way around. Mm. That's how it feels like. Gotcha. Yeah. Basically, uh, like probably impact. If I'm to say yeah. anyone, I, I was gonna say impact. Impact or Danny, those two like really love the stage. So getting back to the main topic, which was uh, maybe one of the teams is gonna uh, fall apart or whatever. Sounds like you guys are in agreement that TL's the biggest. The most likely scenario for that is that the case for you, Peter? You think TL over Hunter well, T? Well, why not FlyQuest and CLG? Uh, because the caller well, pointed out three teams. I say why not both? Why not both? Why not both? Why not both? Oh, you're um, oh you're saying he, both saying... teams will choke and fall out? Why not? Why not? Since 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 we're going in that direction, no, I'm. I mean, I think I think it'll be all three. I think that. Oh, I think that 100 Thieves, when they need to go back to their comfort, they know what to do. They know how to grind out a win, even if they're playing really badly. Whereas, my only concern is when TL are not playing well, how do they win? Whereas when 100 Thieves are not playing well, 100 Thieves know how to win games when they're playing badly. Like, there's so many games that I watch 100 Thieves and I'm like, how are they winning this game? And then they win, right? So, that's a good thing going into playoffs. Gotcha. I think... Okay. Uh... For me, I, I I am a little bit concerned for any of the the three top not EG teams, um, throwing C9 in that bunch of like it does feel like a given draft, a given day could just not be their day. For hundred thieves, have been a lot better this split, I will say. Um, but in spring, they had those kinds of days, and even in that playoff run, you heard Ruby talking about finals. But even the one the matches against TL that they won 
to get to finals, the first two games were, were pretty poor and like players had to radically improve over the course of that series. And I think that they're a team that can sometimes just have an off game. Team Liquid is clearly that way where like any game versus a competent team can somehow slip through their fingers, it feels like. <laughs> where they can have big leads and throw them more so than anyone else of the top four teams. Like I, C9 from Massively Ahead doesn't seem to, to have that throwing problem. Same with 100 Thieves or EG. So like Team Liquid in the mid game can stall out. And uh, like, I don't know how they drop that game this weekend versus 100 Thieves where all three lanes are smashing and their their laning's fine. Like Bjerg just played, had a number of terrible team fights in a row where he, he contributed almost nothing. Um, and he's usually the most consistent member on that team. So like, I see the caller's point, but I think that it, it also extends to a lot of the other teams right now that um, if one of the other, like there's enough closeness in skill that like a bad performance by one team and a good performance by the other one can bump them out of the playoffs potentially. I mean, it's also worth saying over the over best of five, it's mentally taxing, right? Like if you've thrown a lot of games from a large lead, you always have to be, you can't like go into autopilot mode, which means that you have to be at high uh, intensity for every game in every single series. And that's really, really difficult over the course of a best of five. Whereas I'm pretty sure 100 Thieves can go into, can go into autopilot mode and win games when they have a lead. Uh, just to, to wind down the question, if... For instance, TL doesn't make it in. Who? What team do you think is going to step it up to make it? Unless you think we have a call already on that mark. Uh, sorry, I spaced out. I was reading chat. What'd you say? <laughs> Said if TL doesn't make it, uh, what team do you think is most likely the, the biggest candidate to make it in? For me, um, it's probably C9. I know that's boring. And I, I would love to pick the, the EG guys' brains about CLG because... They have the curse of youth and inexperience where like in the regular season, they're pretty volatile. They're very aggressive in the plays that they choose to go for. Contracts will like just run around the map, like sprinting it, either killing them or killing himself. And in a best of five, one, just that play style alone is a little scary to me, but also two, he's the most experienced player on the team. Everyone else, I would have to check. I don't know if anyone else on that team has won a best of five in playoffs. In LCS, I don't think Palafox is the only other one that you who might have that much experience. I don't think Dokla would have played any or won any. I don't think Luger and Poom. I know Poom played one a couple of years ago when he was kind of yeeted into the Hunter Thieves lineup. Um, so, like, I just... I know that CLG's whole thing is people put too much value in names and this whole thing, but I'm looking at it and I'm just like, it's hard to bet on you guys. Mark, Mark, can, can I just ask a question? Yeah. Do you know who's won a lot of uh, playoff series over the course of their career? Maple. And Speaker. And Solo. That is a scary fucking team to, to <laughs> lose in the first round to maybe for CLG and then you bump into them, you know? Like, I don't know. I don't think TSN has a significant chance of making Worlds, but I could see a situation where someone gets boomed in the top half of the bracket and bumps into TSM who are in like, fuck it YOLO mode and they take a series. Yeah. I could see that as well. I could see that as well. But... Back to the, the main thing, which is which which team do you guys think would be most likely to steal that third spot, Rigby? I mean, like, as much as I think, like, TL is, like, the most unstable or, like, inconsistent team to be on top three, like, at the same time, I can't see TL losing to, like, the teams below them, kind of. So if I'm to say anyone, I'd probably, like, say C9 because, like, they have, like, the core members uh that knows how to win the games 
And CLG, I don't know. I've I've worked with like Dinkard before, but like he just strictly tends to stay under like comfort zone when it comes to playoffs. So I don't think CLG is gonna do that well. Or maybe he's changed. I don't know. But I think C9 is like possibly the most likely candidate. Yeah, I think so. I think I think C9 as well. Um, just to circle all the way back to your original question about people who are garbage in scrims who are really good on stage. Jensen is a very, very uh, rough scrim player, um, but <laughs> always, always shows up on stage. So, so you know, you never know what you're going to get from him. It's very hard to judge his level, and I guess we'll get to see that on uh, in the playoffs. Very good. All right, thank you so much, Isthmus, uh, for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah. Uh... Not that it matters, but also my pick is CLG if, so, if TL is going to lose. Just throwing that out there. Not to break with all the experts, but um, uh, yeah, shout out, Mark. You're always one of my favorites on the on the broadcast. Really enjoy every every time you're there. Travis, love all your content, all the interview stuff. And then also even you're like, I was in for some of your Warhammer 3 streams a while ago. Love all your oh, stuff. Wow. Shout yeah. out Alienware and Grubhub. And uh, shout out my girlfriend who came and watched this just because she, she was excited that I uh, got picked to call in. <laughs> so, nice. Th thanks, Aww. guys. Do you think you get extra points? Is this going to help increase her image and perspective of you? Uh, for sure, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm just so knowledgeable and stuff, for sure. Yeah, well, I just <laughs> want to say I remember your advice in the Total War streams, and I thought it was really impressive. And I also appreciate you loaning me um, that car the other day. That was very nice. Anyway, oh, yeah, no worries. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I'll catch you later. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Mark is off to go grab the next caller. Thank you to Real Foxy One with the fifty-seven months, and Arvigs with the eight months. Uh, do you know exactly when you have to go back, Rigby? Is it basically like whenever you guys are done with Worlds, you just go to Korea? Oh, uh, I mean, it depends on like. Oh, uh, so basically, after Worlds, it's, I'm just gonna be. I have to go back by January, at the latest. Okay. But well, it's just safe to go back at December. Yeah. Sad. Okay. Well, uh, we got Michael here. Michael, where are you calling from? Middle of nowhere, Utah. Middle of nowhere, Utah. I'm going to be going to Utah for a uh, event in November. What do you is want to talk about? The, on the show? summit? No, it is uh, Dragon Steel Con, which is taking place in Salt Lake City. I think the summit is also. It's like Brandon Sanderson, right? Yes, but I don't think it's called the summit. So maybe I'll see you there. They're doing a magic event there. Oh, wait, isn't that Oh, I Vegas? bet Brandon would go to the magic event too. He's, he's a big he's, nerd. He's hosting the magic event. Oh. oh. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so maybe I'll see you there. Get, wait, like, now I need to look this up because I had no idea. That he hasn't like promoted it or anything. Yeah, um, he's uh, unveiling his vintage cube, if anybody knows what that means. I mean, wow. I've been playing magic yeah. a little bit lately, so it'd be kind of fun to go to... Uh, this. Anyway. On his on his live streams, he's always talking about his cube, about like all the weird bullshit he put in it. Yeah, Dude, I, I'm I'm so excited. I'll see you there probably. Okay. What kind yeah. of cube is that? I, what I need to figure oh, this sorry. out. No, 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 it's all good. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Peter? I was like, what well, what's the theme of the cube? Uh, it's it's a vintage cube. No, but I mean, you said spice. <laughs> okay, never mind, never mind. Let's go. Was to it the a pun? Or are you saying because like? I can say that like I've heard him talk about it. He has a bunch of like the old like he has alpha he has a alpha black lotus I think Holy maybe not in Lord. there but like he he's like a baller you know so he has like bought every op card ever and like put in a bunch of like weird bs I'm pretty sure into the queue yeah, to just sure, be sure. like insane yeah the winner of the tournament is actually getting an unlimited black lotus 
I'm, I'm pulling it up right now on on stream. Uh, I've been <laughs> playing Magic Drafts. I'm very bad, but I wonder if I could convince some of my friends to go to this. Um, I'm it's going to be amazing for sure. He's not here. That uh, looks like Justin Timberlake, whoever that other guy is. Yeah, I know yeah, it's not bit. Justin Timberlake, but it looks like a slightly yeah I discount JT. I no idea. It is November. It's November 11th. Do I have to change my flights now because I just booked flights and hotel? Okay, well, maybe I need to do that right after this because whatever. Anyway, okay, so what is your take, Michael? I'm I'm calling to talk about the amazing broadcast we had on Saturday. Oh, okay. Uh, which broadcast was that? It was the pool party event. where Oh, we got the LCS broadcast. Oh, okay. I thought maybe like tan. you really enjoyed Peter's co-stream or something. Okay, so uh, what... <laughs> What what did you okay? Ta- let's talk about it. What did you like about the broadcast, or why is this uh, why is this your take? So I think the biggest takeaway is that for the first time ever watching LCS, I as an at home viewer actually felt like involved with the on scene event. In what way? Like I actually felt like I was there. You know, going outside with Dash and contracts to see him dunk Raz, and like. Uh, watching watching the audience interact with Kobe and Freak as they were like batting uh, Poros away from the stage, it is uh, it brought like a an atmosphere that the regular broadcast doesn't usually bring. I think. Yes. Uh, Fun, Peter, you might say. <laughs> Peter and Rigby, how did you guys enjoy watching the broadcast from home? <laughs> Oh shit, I forgot. I was about to I was like this is great cuz we can ask a team's perspective on like a more goofy fun day. Yes, and yes. you guys weren't here. Oh fuck, I into this question. This was the, People might think I pulled this to like, you know, praise the broadcaster, but I, I pulled it so I could get like a team's perspective and now it's just fucking useless. I'm so dumb. Rigby, did you catch any of the Saturday broadcast at all? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I like Danny was with me while we were like prepping for the match, and then we were like, "Oh fuck ourselves, we don't want to play in office when we get to miss that." Like, I've been I've been talking with my players for, like from time to time that like, why do we go to stage always so late that we always like miss the tailgates? But I mean, it seems entertaining, and then yeah, it seems to have like a lot of fun. Definitely something that you don't get to see in LCK. So yep. it would have been good if we were there actually. Actually, that is a really good point that. This is something that is, and I'm not sure if uh, LCS gets enough credit for it, that like Mark Zimmerman deciding to illegally use a barbecue in the parking lot in 2015 with Josh Kim and a CRT television that they'd play Smash on has now evolved into something that I think is fairly unique to the LCS across all the different regions, which are the tailgates. And obviously they were on pause for two years, but I I think maybe we deserve some credit for that, right? It's it's a deep lore cut that just i decided that i wanted to tailgate and so i brought a grill and they were like you know well you probably shouldn't set something on fire in the parking lot and i'm like well i'm gonna do it and you can kick me out when that happens i think you, <laughs> you, they had to get like the fire marshal involved at one eventually, point in time. yeah they got the fire marshal to like approve it and that's when it got more official because then they started like to, to the lcs credit they under the table started supporting us once i didn't get like hard shit on by the the fire marshal the first time yeah. um so then they started having like a bit of a generator set up and like running cables for us to like plug our crt in and stuff and then we had music and like it was very grassroots and then it kind of grew into like an official thing 
Yeah, they'd bring the camera out, and it would just be you guys sitting at, like, your, in your little corner of these little fold-out things. I probably could go rustle up on, like, Facebook. I have to find my login because I barely use it. But, like, the event invites in, like, 2015 or 2016, I forget when, to, like, go... Because you guys would send these out to people in the space and be like, oh, yeah, come to Tailgate. And now it's become, like, a, a thing. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool to see... A decent amount of the teams participate. It's a little disappointing. I think of the top teams, Hunter T is the only one that hasn't been showing up lately. I gotta say, I, if anybody hears anything about Hunter T trying to sell their spot, let me know because like they've stopped uploading, from what I could tell, League esports content to any of their stuff, and they don't show up for tailgate or anything. It's hard to feel like they care as much about the their their team these days compared to a lot of the top teams. I mean, obviously they do. You know, there's a lot of bottom teams that don't do much better, but uh, somebody yeah. raised that question with me today, and I was like, actually, it, you know, it's kind of a fair point. I don't see 100T anymore doing anything. But like, 100T, like, at least they were the only, like, top three team that was on the venue at that day, you know? Like, TL and V played from office, so maybe that's their <laughs> tailgate. <laughs> their tailgate was being there. Yeah, having the players <laughs> play on stage, like, that's the biggest thing, though. No? Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. I didn't even think about that, Rigby. Thank you. They're, uh, they're so involved. Yes. You <laughs> showed up. Pool party, <laughs> we're at the LCS. Um. Uh, so you, you you mentioned that some of the players like would actually want to do something like that. I think it's something that, at least for me, I, I never know if pro players like want to do more stuff or not because I understand that they're very busy and some of the stuff might be like a little cringe to them or they might not, you know, Maybe we rub them the wrong way with one of our, our pieces, which fair enough. But like, you know, like I would love to always involve more players in like goofy shit. And it's just sometimes like I feel bad asking them. You guys them. should do like a feature fun video with like Vulcan. I think that would be really cool, Mark. Oh my God, dude, get out of here. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> uh, I but... need to get your guys' opinion on if the event itself was the reason for Saturday's unusually high viewership. No, uh, drops were definitely the reason for Saturday's unusually high viewership. There yeah. was a, I didn't realize I'm... this, but there was a YouTube video from, I think an Australian content creator that got 300,000 views. That was like, here's how to get skins tomorrow for free, pool party skins for free. And, and then all those people showed up and then they all showed up in the Twitter DMs being like, I can't believe I stayed out till 4 a.m. and all I got was this emote. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that might have been the reason. I have such a good story about this, Travis, for off camera. Uh, we'll <laughs> go on a walk this week and talk about this. Wow, 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 wow. That's but uh, share it. I, got, I, I got the deets. I got the dirt. I can't, I, I definitely can't share it here. Um, is it? And good? what I'm about to say, what, what was that? What were you saying? Uh, what I'm about to say now is unrelated to that dirt or like okay. any behind the scenes stuff. This sure. is just my own personal speculation. But I wonder how fans feel getting basically tricked into watching <laughs> a little bit. Like, uh, I, I think th it, there was nothing incorrect about the messaging necessarily, but the clickbait headlines made it sound like you're guaranteed to get a skin if you draw, if you watch. Like, but as I understand it, it was largely the same thing, just with the pool party skins added to the collection of potential ability to get a drop rate for a skin. So I don't think there was a substantially higher drop rate for a skin than normal. Yeah. This is all speculation by me. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm fucking things up horribly for people at Riot. Um, uh, but I, I think just like don't... Oh, go ahead. 
I was gonna say, I think people misunderstood and thought if I watch today, I'm guaranteed to get a pool party skin versus like pool party skins have been added to the pool of things you can get. Well, uh, they brought, they said they brought drops back. I don't think drops have been running very much on LCS. Like it's not like it was a while ago where they always had drops, but I will say that the drops being on led me to wonder, you know, we speculate all the time on why viewership was so high in 2020. I'm pretty sure that's when they had drops going a lot. Because uh, I remember getting drops because I was watching at home. So, again, probably a conversation for you and I to follow up on it. Maybe we can not speculate endlessly about it on the show. But, like, I I wonder, seeing how much the drops drove viewership on Saturday makes me wonder how much they might have in the past. And, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Evie's in chat. I, I have to call this out. Do I get crucified for saying I actually got a skin over the weekend? No, you don't. Congrats. I, I think some people were like, there weren't any. There are some. Um, no, that's the funniest thing. If you go into the Reddit thread of people complaining about this, and you scroll to the because the, the Reddit thread's like, did anyone even actually get a skin? If you scroll all the way to the bottom, there's a bunch of people that are like, yeah, I got a skin, and they're like downvoted, or never, at least not upvoted, but I think very downvoted. <laughs> and then the top ones are all like, no, I didn't. And so you go into that Reddit thread, and you just have this idea that like nobody got any drops, but it's because the people who did are all getting shoved to the bottom, which is actually hilarious. Um, and it so, just, yeah. so were drops enabled on Sunday as well? No. So the normal, someone said the normal drops have always dropped for me for pentas and such. And I think that's been true. I, I don't know exactly the, so again, this is me not knowing. I think there's always been drops for like certain things that happen, but I don't know if there's always just like the random drops over the course of the day, just by watching. I don't know exactly what the setup is. Um, Ophir also said, I've been getting drops all year. So oh, really? I think... I think this was just like heavily advertised that you're going to potentially get drops. And so that made a lot more people tune in and they were not aware that it's not like it's just going to be a shower of drops. And in the actual post, it says you have a chance to get a skin, but people just saw pool party skins dropping on Saturday or something. Yeah, you know? I thought that they, I'd heard people say drops are back and certainly they don't ever advertise the fact that you get drops normally. So, I don't know. But I I don't have too much sympathy. I think it's very funny because there's a bunch of people that are like, I'm never watching LCS again. I'm like, okay, you probably weren't watching in the first place. But not not to say that it's good when people have like a, a bad experience, but I'm also just, I care Here's, a lot less about it. Final thing I'll say, the relationship that you care about is how many bridges you burn for people who are potential viewers that you now make hate your product versus when you pair it with this extra fun day that is an event that I think we did a pretty good job on to tout, toot our own horn a little bit. Could Did that bring in more viewers than it burned that weren't watching anyways? I think there's some ratio there that you have to you know decide what you're comfortable with as the people yeah. who are like drafting up these ideas. But ultimately, I think the base idea of get a bunch of people in by tricking them with skins, <laughs> have a really fun broadcast that day, and hopefully they just enjoy it even if they don't get the skin. I think you should ideally make people happy as well with the drops for the reason that they're tuning in, which it seems like on that front, there were a lot of disgruntled people, but like there is, there is some combination there that I like the idea of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say, um, I don't think you want to do this too often. Otherwise it like loses its specialness. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
Two, twice I mean, a split or something sounds sounds right to me. Yeah. And that I think also that Saturday was the day to do it because, you know, Sunday was... I, I'm sure viewership was hit on Sunday, as Andrew said in the chat, uh, 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 that the, um, you know, they had the... Uh, what's it called? The type... LEC, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, I, I'm a huge LCS fan, but, you know... EG were playing at the same time as Vitality and XL were playing their tiebreaker. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I was a bit sad to, to to miss that, but obviously happy to see EG win. But 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 yeah, obviously like. I thought you were about to say, day. happy yeah. to see Vitality miss. I, I could have sworn you were about to say that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we'll talk about no, it, no, Michael. <laughs> Michael, thanks so much for the call. We're gonna take a quick break, but anything you want to shout out uh, beforehand? Yeah, a couple quick shout outs. First to Numi for talking about the Star Guardian event a couple weeks ago, I think, and bringing this to my attention. And second, as always, shout out to CLG DeMonte. He's great. Join his Discord. Yeah, and that's the all. L LCS, or sorry, uh, Hotline League caller knew me uh, for those that are confused. But yeah, thank you, Michael, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Yep. Awesome. Okay, we're going to take a quick break to announce something that I did not tell Mark I'm announcing. Um, and so we're going to see his reaction live on air. Uh, but shout out to Grubhub for sponsoring the show. And shout out to Grubhub. Mark, come back. This is actually a big deal. Please. Right. Shout out to Grubhub for bringing live Hotline League back to LCS Finals. So if you go to Chicago, uh, you will be able to see live Hotline League. It will be at FanFest. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm, I don't know. Maybe Wright hasn't talked about the FanFest thing. But you guys know there's always FanFest. Anyway, the whole point is uh, Saturday morning before the, uh, what is it? Losers bracket finals is the way winners, whatever. Saturday, yeah. Saturday, yes. And the same time we did it on, sorry, the same time slot as we did it on Saturday, we will be doing that. Uh, with Grubhub. So if you are going, please make sure that you take advantage of that. It is a good reason to go on Saturday. If you guys are like less hypey about the Saturday stuff, maybe you can come and watch Live Hotline League. We're talking to them about also making sure there's some more seating and stuff like that. So hopefully uh, the there's a little bit more space for the audience because so many of you guys showed up last time. It was really cool. Uh, but yeah, we are doing this again with Grubhub. So if you are going to LCS finals, please, please be sure to turn up because uh, I think part of the reason we're getting to do this again was that Grubhub was really impressed with how many of you guys showed up and came on stage and asked your questions and did all this really cool stuff. So uh, I am very excited about the fact that they are doing this. Um, we will. I'm going to try to bully Mark into bullying Riot into making sure he can be on for more than an hour um, this time. And yeah, it should be... Very cool. So thank you to, to uh, Grubhub for making that happen. No no information yet on the guests, but yes, please thank Grubhub about this because it's really cool that they're doing it. Um, and in the same way that they are delivering the show to you guys in Chicago, they're also giving you free delivery this week with code TGFD, as in free delivery, TG free delivery. TGFD, August 15th through August 21st. Use that code. And uh, from August yeah, from August 15th to August 21st, use code TGFD to get free delivery on your Grubhub order. This is for the first 300 delivery orders. So I'll go ahead and put that in the chat. 
so that you guys can get it. Uh, thank you. Numi's already spamming it. Uh, but thank you for the free delivery. Um, Wait, when, when is it? And you, the first 300, you said? It's first 300, it is uh, between August 15th and August 21st. So you have from today until Oh, I'm going to tap that out Sunday. just by myself. Yes. Yeah, do it. Uh, anyway, thank you to Grubhub for making that happen. All right. We're back with our guests. Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? Oh, he already is grabbing the next caller. Perfect. How are you doing, Peter Dunn? Fine. I'm, I notice you have a really big Vulcan hater in your... Um, in your... Do we? Discord, yeah. Uh, oh, in the Discord. Uh, not in the chat? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I will see. Is it Pleb Topics? What, t what channel is it? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's I'm not going to get rid of them. I'm just curious what this is. <laughs> He posts like every few lines. Okay, okay. Well, I'll go investigate later on. Uh, either way, uh, we've got Arsh here. Arsh, where are you calling from? Um, SF, almost in LA in one week, and then I go see LCS. Very nice. Uh, you are, I believe, a noted Dignitas fan uh, across many social media platforms, correct? Well, I'm an intern, so contractually, I suppose. Oh, okay, great, great, great. Contractually way to... a fan. But I also, I do really like our team, even though people, you know, you know, whatever. I, I do but really you're like open to being that. contractually a fan of other teams, too. Yeah, like yeah I, I mean, like, in the like... future, you know, I could I could be contract. Listen, listen, I'm a, I'm an agent for hire, as they say. A fan gotcha. for hire. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, what, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so my take was actually based off of um, uh, Peter's, like, he tweeted out the... Um, all pro thing earlier, and I was going back and forth on this, uh, but I said Takui is number one mid in the LCS. I was back and forth on it, but I think I'm solidly that Takui is the best mid in the LCS. Over Jojo? Uh, I had Jojo above before when I mentioned it to you, and then I thought about it more, and I looked at more stats, and then I think Jojo is second. Wow. Okay. Wait, when did you mention this to Peter? Well, he he was replying to a lot of tweets under his um, under his all pro thing, and okay. Uh, actually had some pretty decent do you know that all three rookie of the year candidates are arguably top one in their role jojo takui berserker i don't know i just thought that was insane i was freaking out about it earlier wow that is actually really crazy like because wow. i mean in in lec this i mean okay not to like insult Shlatan or whatever but in, in lec this award is a joke like Shlatan got it in spring like nobody cares about this award in lec but the fact that it's like berserker takui jojo are arguably number one in their role and they're rookie of the year like that's I think that's really insane for it says something about us, yes, at least. Why why not Hoon? I mean, obviously Hoon, Hoon time, but that's baby. like a given, you know what I mean? Oh, so he didn't play enough games. He probably doesn't qualify. Oh. But also he played in Turkey and Korea, he's not a rookie. Oh, and also true, which I knew that. Exactly. Yeah, of course. I, I knew that, but I don't know how the the rules work for rookie dumb if because neither of those are major regions. I have to It doesn't work, I know, because I believe the same thing came up with uh, Fudge, right? Oh, yeah, Fudge, yeah. Because Fudge came in, and people, like, Summer, they were like, oh, my God. But uh, he had, like, I mean, like, Fudge had been games. to Worlds. It's, like, tough when you yeah, have somebody. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, like, Armut, technically. Like, you know, whatever. Like, Caps. Yeah. I don't think Caps were right, we're, we're, we're derailed. Okay, Back sorry. to Takui. Yeah. Yes, Takui. Um, I think, I mean, I think the argument is pretty, like, obvious right um he is just insane in lane FlyQuest wins entirely around him at one point in the middle of the split when i called in or like a little bit past the middle of the split uh i called in and said fly were bad at that point i looked through all of their games and like 
every game they had lost, they had a losing mid-jungle, and almost every game they had won, they had a winning mid-jungle 2v2. Like, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, right, the argument that I'm making. I think Takui is the highest impact player on his team's outcomes in the LCS, and I think Takui is just actually, like, so good. I mean, he, he dominates lane versus every player. I don't think there's a single player in the LCS who can who can't be, a, like, who has to be, whatever, who can't be lax against him in lane. He pushes everyone in lane, and then late game, he is a terror, I think. I don't know, I think my argument's pretty obvious. I don't want to go too, like, deep on stats. I mean, there's one mid that he struggles against, right? So, which is Dredger. So, so my, my perspective is a little bit off, because, I mean, I agree with you that he does well into all of the other mids, but literally every single time that Jojo's played against him, he's done really well. With I would... Help. I would counter that, yeah, I think Inspired is a big part of that. Because I think Jose Diodo is good, but I don't think, like, I think Inspired has, for, like, I mean, for the last two years, Inspired has been Finally, someone says it. JoJo's just riding Inspired's coattails. So if I true. A kill Vi, I could carry a game versus C9, dude. <laughs> Real. Yeah, I, put me in there. JoJo bat. I've been saying that. Uh, honestly, I mean, JoJo's not even on uh, Peter Dunn's top three all-pro list. And, you know, he can't put EG players, but if you think about it, he's not even there. Yeah, we don't know if he's not pitting him there because he yeah, can't he or because he he's won't. He's probably fourth. He's yeah, probably yeah. Fourth. That's, very... That's actually the, the real benefit. Not that a coach can't rig it for his players, but he doesn't have to <laughs> Just throw so a coach can't the flame their yeah. players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good like, point. Oh, Danny, I just... Oof. Johnson's better. Like... Okay, so... So... <laughs> This is okay. This is very fascinating and a, a very good conversation to be having, I think. Uh, Mark, how how screwed is it? Like, obviously, you can have an MVP on a team that is doing, or sorry, a rookie on a team that's doing very well. Like, how how hard can Takui carry FlyQuest versus how much is JoJo carrying EG? Is like an interesting dynamic here because like. Jojo will probably win rookie, I would imagine, but it's is it just Takui got unlucky because he's on fly and so it's hard much harder for him to look good well, now? I mean he he's third in the in the rankings too for me, even behind Berserker. I'd probably put Berserker over uh him as well. Um so it's it's a tough rookie class, man. Sometimes the rookie of the split feels like a fucking joke, and sometimes it's like this where there's three people who in another year could win. So a bit bit unlucky. Um, I also will say that I don't quite agree as much as I love Takui, I feel like a little overhyped. I feel like there was this really nice feel-good narrative in the middle of the split when he was um, well, overhyped. I see Peter reacting. Overhyped depending on what you're listening to. Exactly. Because exactly. Yeah, that's I, I feel like uh, he is really good, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying he's not good. But with the feel-good narrative that went on, he had a couple of pop-off performances in a row. I feel like he also has these games that you're talking about, Arsh, where like the mid-jungle combination maybe isn't good, and he kind of becomes a little bit invisible. Um, and there's been I... some games where I, I felt like he wasn't there. And even like the stats argument that you're making doesn't even ring true really to me. Like he's, you know, not that high up in CSD at 15. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other people above him. He's a roaming player, to be fair. I, think I mean, I... I was going to bring up his one weakness. I think, like, because you're right that, like, in games when they don't have a winning 2v2, he looks invisible. I think the reason for that is because every time FlyQuest drafts a losing 2v2, they play it like it's a winning 2v2. So, 
So Tukui is like forced to play that way. And like, I mean, if you look at, I, I, I just pulled this up, damage percent post 15 minutes is four bottom mid laners. And then it, it's like reverse order of rankings. It's literally PoE, Palafox, Blue, Ablaze, Olive, and then like Takui Maple, or well, Maple's lower than you'd expect, but whatever, right? Like it's it's reverse rankings and Takui is accounting for more of the team's damage than you would expect on a top team. Um, yeah. Because the ADC is not doing as much. It um, also depends on champion pool. Like PoE spams control mages. So like right. you're just going to get more damage than the guy who's playing Silas or whatever to, to roam around the map or not something. Not Silas' caps, baby. Mark, um, mark your anyways, my, my point is, Go ahead. is that I, I don't know if he'll break top three for me. I actually feel like it's very hard. Um, even like Palafox is someone who I've been pushing a little bit more recently. I feel like he's uh, slept on a little bit. Um, very much for the same reason that you just mentioned about the roaming thing. Like his, his CSD is negative, but he's second in the league at goal difference at 15 because he just runs around the map and uh, makes shit happen. He leads the league and kills at 15 for mid laners. Um, he is incredibly proactive. I think he works really well with contracts. And I don't know for sure if he's going on my ballot right now. I have to actually do it. But I feel like mid lane is actually so fucking hard to do this year. I feel yeah. like top lane's a joke. I, and some of the other positions are a joke. Oh my god. I agree with I, you so hard. Yeah, like between Abba, like you also have to factor in like when they were good, because I think Palafox has had some really int performances as well. Abba's had some int performances. I don't feel like Takui's bad games are like that inty to anywhere me. near that bad yeah yeah they're more just like like i said a little bit invisible which is like not a slam necessarily so like it's just a really hard split to rank people and I one of your maybe he looks oh sorry keep going uh the final thing i was gonna say is i feel like people hate tl right now so bjergsen's getting uh crapped on a little bit but he uh yes. he's go he's going on my ult bro oh he's my actually god, Mark, good oh you're so based I don't, all right you know all right means? i know you're old but no no, no. oh my god oh, shut the fuck up i know jesus <laughs> what i've been on happening? the internet in the last 12 months oh my god all right uh <laughs> Okay, so, so I, by the way, I don't think it's twelve months. I feel like that's twelve years. Um, base has been around. Well, base, base <laughs> when we were kids. Yeah, base I know. Is fucking old, and the Zoomers brought it back. I know, I know. That's the thing that's hilarious. Um, yeah. Rig, uh, before I throw it to Rigby to get his take on on Takui in general and all the stuff, obviously maybe avoiding the JoJo stuff. Uh, I just want to shout out that Mark's analyst desk is actively flaming him in chat for this. Uh, Dash very upset about this in chat. And then uh, Raz says, Mark going after Takui after he loses the FlyQuest habanero bet. <laughs> um, so it seems like there's a lot of people that are not He's a fan. He's not even a top six mid laner. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, so, Rigby, what are your thoughts on Takui as a mid laner? Uh, so like I'll just like give you guys uh, my take, okay? So yeah. first of all, I mean if you know the game, it's like pain in the ass to be not able to pick like easy player, honestly, on the first slot. <laughs> <laughs> because not not just because they're good, like everyone knows that each and every individual players are like just generally like top level, right? But the amount of development that they have gone through from spring split to summer split is insane. And then I'll talk about like especially mid lane okay so what i think are the three candidates for all pro mid are jojo tukui bjergsen it, it doesn't have to do with the order okay uh tukui i think like i'm probably gonna vote for tukui not because he's like the best mid out of all three uh but he has like the most explosive like carry potential which means that like flyquest is definitely not like a top two like top three team right 
And then having like a carrying source like Tokui is like a really big threat that they can like pose to enemy team. That's why I value him high. Uh, but he's never gonna work on international stage. He can't shit on Xiaohu like that. He can't shit on Faker like that. He can't shit on no one like that. Honestly, at this level. Maybe different in the future, but not this level. Okay? And then for Bjergsen, I really value him high because I don't remember a game that has been like the primary reason for his team losing, honestly. Yep. And then being able to be consistent for that much amount of time, even with the break, is kind of like really impressive. And then That's finally, it's Jojo, right? And then, I don't know, like, people like uh, the raw stats a lot, but honestly, if you look at spring stats and then summer stats, the biggest difference is the vision control that JoJo is taking part of. So in spring split, everyone basically knew that JoJo was shitting on uh, everyone when he focuses on lane. If he wants to win lane, that's just so easy for him. He can gap the CS pretty well, he can gap the EXP pretty well, and then he can get solo kills pretty well, right? But in terms of summer, summer split, like it's from like the knowledge that he got from like MSI. The greatest mid laners in the world are already good in lane, but they don't focus on lane. Because winning lane is not how you win the game. Uh, the way you win the game is to move around the map and then shifting like emphasis on different parts of the map so that your team can snowball, right? And then, what Jojo's been doing is that his laning stats definitely didn't decline that much. Honestly, it's pretty much like, except for CS, which I don't give a fuck, like CS doesn't matter un unless you <laughs> farm like Chovy, honestly. If it's Chovy level, then he has like two core on second rake. That's like I, I have insane. so many things to say about Chovy. Chovy is so fun. But maybe finish, apart, yeah. from that, uh, apart from that, like, no one gaps, that, uh, gaps CS that hard to be like that impactful that early. So CS doesn't really fucking matter. But his being, having lane prio while being able to do vision control, and then this is what I promote, uh, what Jojo promotes, and then this is the only reason that I see like Jojo is the only one that can be successful mid laner in like North American scene. Uh, it's like the only option. Like no one cares about the things that he's working on, he's trying to improve. And then like if you say like Tukui, Bjergsen are all pro, it's just like a fan vote. You don't know the game. You don't know how to win the game. Or you're just stuck in LCS for too much. You just R see like how LCS wins game, which is pretty boosted on it. I'm, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. That's fair, uh, I agree. Um, Rigby, you said something that I agreed with until literally yesterday, which is like Bjergsen hasn't really lost his team the game. Did you watch the uh, TL 100 Thieves game? Uh, maybe it, it is just worse in my mind, but did you did you watch that one? Oh yeah, I mean, can, like that game was like flipped on like boss side, right? When yeah. Talia drew a wall and, and like those type of things, like, but like, isn't the problem there like Skarner only ulting Gwen throughout the whole game when Senna Seraphine is like always open too? I think I like haven't that was, it yet. that's the problem. Like you have like a easy execution, like Skarner has R with some of the carries with no flash and then you go for Gwen, which is like yeah. also possible to kill, but like hardest to kill at the same time, right? And, and then you, you put that person behind and put like someone who's trying to make a play because like the team was like doing bad or uh, being the primary enter inside the game. I don't understand that, honestly. Like the core not being able to ult on Gwen TP on the Nash, that was an int. And then Skarner 
all things went all the time. Like those two are the reason, primary reason why Tia lost yesterday. And then okay. Pearson doing the shuffle is because like his teammates are not being good. That's perfect. That's what I, think. I feel like I'm gonna have to do a blame game about that game. So now I'm just gonna clip out what you said and uh, pretend <laughs> I, I said used, it. That's the whole blame game. Yeah. <laughs> um, there you go. Thank you. Rigby, no uh, I don't. We can't stretch this call too much longer. But uh, you gave the three people that you would you want to vote for. Did you know you can't vote for Jojo Pion? I didn't. Okay, so yeah, you can't. I didn't. You, you can't vote for your own players. Um, so in all in all pro or whatever. That's why if you look at Peter Dunn's ballot, he has nothing. So, um, what? Who would you vote for if you since you can't vote for uh, Jojo? Oh. Uh... I mean, it's like third place would be probably Abadog or Palafox, but I'm 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 also thinking of like decline voting on those third place because like Tukui Bjergsen has those impressive points, but like those two don't. Sure, but that's why they get one and two, right? So yeah, first is Tukui and second is Bjergsen. That that's probably my vote. Okay, and you're not gonna pick a third. Probably not. Okay. Uh, very good. All right. Uh, thank you, Arsh, for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Um, I don't. I don't think I have anything. Uh, I I just spent eighty dollars on tickets, so I'm excited. Um, to go to LCS. That's gonna be very fun. I hope. Nice. I, don't, I don't think there's gonna be like tailgate or anything, which I'm kind of sad about because it's playoffs, right? I don't know. That's what I heard. Oh but... wait, you you bought you spent eighty dollars on LCS playoffs tickets? Yeah. Oh, you bought like not. four days? Three days, because of like there's like fees and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. So three days. Nice. Well, well hope you if enjoy. you're there, yeah. yell, yell yes. at Travis. I'm sure we'll, we'll be around. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to try to say hi to more people because when I went last time, it was like COVID, like just out of COVID, kind of dead. But yeah. hoping to have more fun this time. Cool. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Cool. I, I really hope that we have you guys play either 100 Thieves or CLG, and I can use the, uh, the, the locker room material of like, oh, uh, EG's head coach was so unimpressed by Abadaga or Palafox, he declined to vote for them on all pro. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff you guys can use from the broadcast that Rigby said here. It's just tough because Rigby's video isn't on, but you could normally, like, you could use his lines about ThinkCard and having worked with ThinkCard and not being impressed. You could use all sorts the, of stuff. The, the chokers. Oh, God. Yeah, you know how, like, on, on news broadcasts, they do, like, the voice wave thing, you know? And yeah, they just yeah, put yeah. the transcript next to it? Yes. I'm absolutely going <laughs> to... Yes. All right. Uh, anyway, we want to go... Mark is off to grab the next caller. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? We got... Thank you to... Basil Bobs, Crayon295, and Kylo Zen for the subs. Kylo Zen at 30 months. Step Bro is here. Step Bro, where are you calling Wait, no, from? say the whole name. Step Bros here. Step Bro, where are you calling from? Uh, Hung Step Bro is calling from Cleveland, Ohio. We have uh, sponsors on this show. Um, what, what do you want to say? Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I want to talk about how super teams are probably the most overrated, and it actually is a harm for most growth in the LCS, LEC, and that's really it. I have examples if you want me to go into it. Sure, just uh, don't spend too much time on it, but give us some quick examples. 
Um, Alliance and Elements failed. SKT won in 2016, failed. RNG failed in 2018 with the Super Team. And also G2 did pretty decent for a while. And then most recently, Vitality didn't even make playoffs as a Super Team. And I don't think uh, TL will actually even make it to Worlds because they just have way too many different mindsets on how to play the game. And that's the same thing with Cloud9 as well. I don't think they'll make it either. Why, uh, why do you think that they have a detriment? Uh, it's a detriment to the team, and it doesn't allow growth within the league and within each other because they're already set in their ways because super teams are always based off of all these veterans coming together and having one mindset, and that is way too difficult for any coach or team to even be able to do. I think it's kind of funny to see when a super team comes along, you know they're never going to win. All right. Aren't there are there examples good examples of super teams doing well? I think G two. Uh, I mean, Caps, G two. Yeah, yeah, Caps Burks. I feel like there's been. Uh, it's one of those things where it's hard to name them like right in the moment. I'm I'm sure there's been some. LCK D ones. Double if Core maybe. JJ. TL, you want to say? I mean, TL TL was basically a super team when they had Impact Jensen Core JJ, Double Lift and uh, Smithy. Um, what's that, Peter? You're quiet. Uh, sorry, are, are Gen G current Gen G a super team? Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I for sure, probably, for sure. Yeah. So I, feel like, I mean, well, there I was think, like a Deft. Wasn't Deft on like a Chinese super team too? If I'm not mistaken, when there was the big Korean Exodus, weren't there a couple like Chinese super teams that did all right? EDG, yeah, but like they had scouts, so I'm not gonna say it's like a super team. He was like yeah. a good prospect, but like he wasn't popping off in Korea. He just like was faker sub and then went to China and did well. I wouldn't call that like a super team. Yeah, same reason I wouldn't call Griffin a super team because it was just like a group of five guys who were all really good and came up together. It wasn't like they were assembled by a wallet. So I I feel like there's probably as many examples of a super team doing well as they are doing bad, which like maybe is an argument against them, but uh, because you would expect that if you're balling out and spending all this money that you would have more than a coin flips chance at, at doing this. You know, obviously we'd have to go count, but uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily... I, here's what I, the take that I would have, which is super teams are not as good as everyone thinks they are when they're assembled. Whenever people, whenever you build a super team, the response is immediately like, oh, oh my God, they just got these guys on the same team. They're going to wreck. And everybody sticks them at the top of their power rankings because why not? And rarely do I think, or not really, but it's, it's even when they are really good, I don't know if they are often as like a step above everybody else, even if they are winning most of the time too. So that's kind of where I'd put it. I don't know if I would say like super teams suck. Um, but I, what do you think Rigby? Oh, uh, I think, I, I don't think like super team is something that's like harming your like amateurs in the first place. I'll elaborate it later. And then I think like the success of super team is that like, so for example, TL, like, I remember, like, there was a story about Impact willing to, like, take a pay cut to get, like, another good players in another role. And then if, like, all five of them is just focused on winning, like, it's just an example of, like, how desperate he wanted to win. And then if all five players are desperate to win, then it's, like, a good effect of Super Team. But if you just gather, like, a bunch of players who have, like, success in different teams and who isn't willing to compromise, uh, when you're on a new team with different people, that's going to fail.
And then, I, I like when I was in Africa Freaks last year, I suffered like a big failure. And then the biggest reason was that like there were too many people playing by their win conditions, how they used to win the game, and then not trying to like give give up uh, their points for another point because that might hurt their performance in general. Like players are obviously like scared if they play differently, they might get bad because they're not used to it. And then like. Those are the parts that might hurt the super teams that are underperforming. So yeah, that's my take on super team. But like for KT, like I heard like all five players when it was like a super team, they all really wanted to win. They failed their first year, but second year they just lost to IG, which is probably like one of the best team that have ever played the league, right? Yep. So I think there's definitely like good effects of like super team, like Genji too, like this year. Ruler is so like dire to win, so they managed to get like a trade off for Peanut and BDD, and then Ruler's ambition to win motivated like Chovy Lee Hens too, and then they're really popping off right now. I I personally think that like Genji is currently like the best team in the world, so there are success that super teams can have, and then that's something that uh makes a lot of fans interested because they have like all their favorite players on the same team that they can cheer for throughout the whole year, right? And then there's like some side effects of the super team. If the players are not like desperate to win, but they just like played well, so they go on the same team and then they aren't willing to compromise or something like that. All right, Peter Dunn, what do you think of Vitality not making playoffs? Well, let's talk about super teams first. Um, so why do super teams struggle? Number one, hunger, right? Like. When you have a lot of successful, when you've had a lot of success in your career and you have to keep pushing yourself because if you don't keep pushing yourself, you eventually get outscaled by the new players who are coming up, right? And this is something which makes Impact really, really almost like a unicorn in the scene that he's so hungry to keep winning even after like a decade playing at the top level. He still grinds Champions Q, he still plays like crazy, he still really, really wants to win and that's, you know, that, that desire to win falls off over time and that is you can see that happen a lot in super teams number two accountability right so super teams always people power rank them really highly who gets the blame when that super team goes to shit right like and i think that in the west there's a big reason why g2 were successful right which is that when things went badly what did they do there's two things that they did number one grabs went out and like was the guy who said oh it's all on me number two they did the stupid meme oh you know g2 G2 aren't taking this game seriously, so so like they're not winning, right? So they, they were very smart in deflecting responsibility and deflecting accountability when the team does badly. Um, whereas a lot of super teams, when things start to go wrong from the outside, you know, you have a lot of fans watching, they all have their favorite players, they all start to blame each other, you know, and then there's a slippery slope which which just goes into the bottom, right? A third thing is the play style, right? Like sometimes super teams, you just you just play like football manager or something you know and you get people with all the higher stats and just hope that they win when play styles aren't complementary right like and i think those are the reasons why super teams fail right so we want to look at vitality let's look at the situation with vitality who is coming out and accepting any responsibility for vitality have you heard a single member of their coaching staff come out and defend their players do you hear labrov coming out on stage and saying look, look i fucked up in this game or kazi or anybody nobody comes out and says that and Kazi, like when Kazi was on Mad Lions, he would he would always do it. Like he had a bad game, you just go and say, oh, it doesn't matter, right? 
Like, because he knows that the team backs him. He knows that the team will support him. He knows that the fan base, like, people will come out. It's the same sort of thing with Arome. Like, I came on a show like this with, with you guys, like, many, many years ago, where Arome was going through a rough patch. What's the first thing that happens? Arome says, okay, I messed up. Kazi comes and says, I defend him, right? Um, sorry, did, did you guys hear all of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you're a little quiet. Sorry. That's okay, better. okay, right. So, so, so you have that, but you don't have that on Vitality. And, like, I know Kazi is willing to do that, right? But... Vitality isn't. Like, Vitality Kazi isn't willing to do it, but Mad Kazi was, right? Why is that? So so think about that, right? Number two, um, compatible playstyles, right? You have a team that has perks and Alfari on it, right? How is this team supposed to win games? Are you trying to win through team fighting? Are you trying to win through one through one? Fine. You want to win through team fighting? Why do you have one? Like, I think Kazi is a really good team fighting AD carry. So, so, so why have you got, why have you put a top laner with him who's really good in a one through one setup? Why don't you have a one through one AD carry? Like there's plenty of good one through one AD carries out there that you can use, but but you've chosen you've chosen to have bot lane, which is really good at team fighting, and top side, which is good at split voting, right? So so how does this team supposed to function? Then the other thing is, yeah, the other thing is fan base. So I, I don't know much about fan base, right? Like I don't know I don't know how Vitality fans are reacting to this, but it's really clear that it's ring split. Who was scapegoated for the failure? It was self-made, right? So so you scapegoat self-made for your failure. Then in summer, nobody wants to accept responsibility because they don't want to be scapegoated. And then when things go, start to go wrong, nothing happens, right? Team, team falls to pieces. And like, uh, the reason I did that tweet about Golden Guardians and Vitality is not to like shit on Vitality or anything. It's just like the fact that Vitality are not in playoffs is unacceptable, right? It is unacceptable. Like, you know, if you believe what Jack said about C9 and Perks, right? Jack said that he lost no money on Perks at all, right? Which means that he recouped a significant transfer fee to get to get Perks back into Europe. I assume Alfari's transfer fee wasn't that much, right? Like to have a team like that and to not take account of what you need to do to protect your super team is is unacceptable, right? It's that simple, and that's all I have to say on that. Uh, to throw two cents in here, I feel like super teams exist in a lot of sports. And I think one of the things that makes it initially more painful, but in the long run better in a lot of other situations is that you have a ball. And like, that sounds really troll to say, but like, there's only one ball. And at the beginning, people are going to be like, I want the ball. I want the ball. And they're, they're going to fight over it. But like, if you get over the personalities at some point, you have to learn how to play without the ball. In League of Legends, there's not really a, such a kinetic feedback of like, I'm not getting the things that I used to get when I was the star. Now what do I do? I think it's a lot. I was, I was watching a video recently about experts. And like one of the most important things about becoming an expert is direct feedback that is related to like the thing going on. And like you can pick your champion and you can slam lane and you can feel really good about the game and still lose which is um, something that makes it hard to learn what I'm doing wrong because you can still do that in League of Legends because there's no ball that says like, no, you're not getting the resources this game. Like you have to learn how to contribute to this team without the ball in your hands. And that doesn't exist in League in compared to traditional sports. That's why I think like super teams in basketball work so well. A lot of like, that's basically what the League has often become is just like the super team is going to win because... Yeah, the personalities are always a concern, but like you over the course of a split or season are just going to have to learn how to do that. Um, so I don't know. That That's like a, just a, a 
tangent about it because I think everything else that the other guy said made a lot of sense. Papa Smithy in chat also talking about that. A lot of super teams are just constructed by throwing money at a wall uh, and not really looking at how their play styles are going to interact. Um, so, yeah. Stepbro, thanks for the five gifted subs while you're literally in the call. Um, I I do want to to mention one other thought that I had. I was actually hanging out with Palafox um, at the LCS this weekend because he was waiting for a potential tiebreaker, and he was just chilling in my room, in the media room, which was funny. We are talking about a bunch of different stuff. But one of the things we started talking about and why I, I said I was really happy he was doing well, and we were talking a lot about that. We were talking about you know places where players have not been set up well in the past. Kind of related to the super team stuff, I think it has been really exciting to see players like JoJo and Danny do well this year to see player like the hundred thieves players do well in the past eighteen months, to see um, Palafox and CLG start to do well, and I feel like part of what is happening is in the past the meta for LCS team building was to just find like these superstars and then slam in some other players that also had been around for a while and try to hope that they do well. Mark, I know you're laughing, but I. I, I, I want your feedback on this, this theory that I have. You've got top teams, they're all slamming in superstars, and then like players that have been around for a while because they don't want to stick like a rookie in with like a superstar. And so what ends up happening is all like the NA talent development who have potential and have for a while, and we're seeing Palafox do well, for instance, right now, they all end up on the bottom tier teams that are not investing as much into coaching, aren't making sure that there are like rookie or sorry rookies matching up with veterans like what eg's been able to do with impact coming in with like a veteran level and you know inspired coming in with the former uh mvp he had plus bringing in some rookies having vulcan who's been around for a while i just feel like that is un uh, that has not been what lcs has tried to do for, for a while and the unfortunate side is that then when you bring up these rookies from na that are in academy and are in amateur and then you stick them on a bottom half team and then they flop and the whole community goes this player sucks and then they continue to suck and then nobody ever wants to pick them up you just end up like creating this league that's never able to actually bring in any rookies and i think what's been really exciting is that there's been a bunch of teams that have pushed back against the idea of building a roster like you know tl and c9 or c9 actually used to do this we talked about this in a previous episode c9 was the only team that i think ever did anything that felt like what eg has done, for instance, the well, split. So actually, to combo off that point, I think there's a lot more instances of a team with a bunch of good players bringing on a rookie and level, and that rookie performing well more than there is about slamming in a fifth great established player. Um, you talk about C9, Licorice, Blabber. Um, there's, Z there's just Zazel so many. Had a good Zazel, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like Smoothie at points in time. Like there's a lot of players. C9 or TSM did it with with. Um, oh my God. I Biofrost, yeah, but even before that, they like Hanser was like not like a huge player when he joined um, for that run. Like on Gravity, he was respected, you know, but like he wasn't this like god that people you know were were associating him with. Same with Turtle, like way back in the day, like people respected him, but he was not a household name when he initially subbed in for Chaos or whatever. Like Six uh, A and Who Hey, people are talking about for CLG. I think there's a lot of instances, and this is just an NA, you know, like it's. It's there's a lot more interest. Uh, contracts is a good one as well. Like where you bring in the young talented player, and then the veterans are able to help shore up his weaknesses or play around him, and that person is willing to learn. And is probably if you have the right piece that you're putting in, 
more successful than just again slamming in a fifth player well, that you sign that you think is god because i think about this in reverse with tactical right where like tactical has become just the whipping boy of the community and i and they're like oh he just got exposed because before core was carrying his ass and i'm like or he went from a team that was like arguably one of the best in the league to a team that is just imploding constantly having roster changes constantly and probably is not setting up each of the players to look their their best and so like it i don't know this obviously we've gone really way off the the rails here but it's just something i've been thinking i was kind of talking to to pal fox about and i think it's one of the reasons why i've been excited by teams like eg 100t who's decided to retain their roster um and and didn't necessarily build it around superstars uh and then clg popping off lately is because i feel like we're starting to see this like shift um that i think is actually much healthier for the league and will hopefully allow like rookie talents and stuff like that to come up okay step bro thank you for the call anything you want to shout out before we go into our last caller i would like to shout out uh tidy cats and i would also like to shout out my fiance she recently started playing league and she learns a lot from actually this podcast as well also just watching the lcs she really enjoys it and just have a great time guys does she know your 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 Discord name? Yeah, I don't want to say her name because I don't want to ruin sponsors. <laughs> of course, but I will put it in chat. Oh, she has a similar name. You're saying? Okay, I got you. Okay, uh, two peas in a pod. Yes. All right. Thanks so much for love, the call. Love is and beautiful. We'll catch, catch you next time. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> It's mommy something. Okay, uh, let's see. We're going to go on to the last caller. Thank you to Paper Triangles for the three months. Wow. what? I, it's such a romance story between those two. I'm I'm envious. Did you say her name? No, I, I did not. Okay, uh, Blue Jay is here. Blue Jay, where are you calling from? Ontario. Ontario. What do you want to talk about on the show? My take is that I understand why Danon was let go, but I think almost any other GM in Danon's position would have tried to make the same deal, depending, of course, on cost. And um, so, what uh, for those that don't know, Danon was the GM at Golden Guardians, had been for a while, and it was announced this past week that he uh, was no longer going to be, that he was released from his contract and they would not be renewing. Yeah. Yes. Um, I kind of trolled though, because I don't even agree with that, honestly. I posted that. <laughs> Wait, sorry, you posted, posted the take and, and then like, you're. Dude, I posted it and meant to like edit it, and then I was like, ah, I'm tired. I'm just not going to call in, and like that take sucks. He's not going to pull it. And then he pulled it, and I'm like, oh shit. To be clear, Travis is the one who wanted it. Travis I'm, was like, I mean, I did. I just thought we would talk about the Golden Guardian stuff because. Like, that thread was actually massively uploaded. I forgot to bring it up at the beginning. Yeah, I still want to talk about it, though. Like, I still think it's interesting. Like, there's yeah. a lot of good things that come from this, right? Because to defend, like, you get to keep River, who's signed through 2024, so that's good. But the reason why I don't think any other GM would actually make that move is because it just doesn't really sure up a lot of the issues Golden Guardians is having right now. Like, you want someone What is the move you proactive. think he got let go for? Pardon me? What is the move that you think he got let go for? Uh, maybe the chime thing. <laughs> oh, okay. You think the chime thing is the big thing, yeah. Yeah, um, well, I mean, now they, they, like, I don't know, maybe they were banking on Ole getting a green card or something. Well, but they like... made a bunch of changes, right? And so that's why yeah. it's weird to, to, I don't, 
I, I, Raz is saying in this chat, but I think it's weird to make assumptions that it was any, it was only, it was any one of these things or that it was one over the other or whatever. Cause like they also brought in river then like, like the, yeah. the thing, I, there's a lot of people in chat asking for context. So, so yes. can I, I'll just explain sure. that, um, golden guardians sold chime. What, I don't know what, like two months ago or whatever to TSM. And so, and now you need like, because Olay can't play if you're putting in leader, um, you have too many import slots. So they had to go with another support and Prismal was like, he hasn't been a support for very long. So like you could have used Chime in this scenario. So like that's another issue as well. Like there's a, yeah. Um, and well, the other the other thing that people might not have been paying attention to was that it was week, what, week seven, Mark, was when they subbed out Olive and... Yeah. And they brought in leader, and they did all the stuff. Yep. Um, and he got released, or Danon got released, or not renewed, or whatever after week seven. So, I, I feel like that. I don't know. That's. I here's what I will say. One, Danon, friend of the show. He's I think been on before, but also hangs out in the chat often. So, but I the thing that surprised me most about the Reddit thread where people were like freaking out about Danon getting let go is that I feel like, and I know Reddit's like a bunch of different people, but all of GG's roster moves this year had been, and from what I can tell, fairly unpopular. Like, other than the River acquisition, but especially going into week seven, people were like, why, I can't believe they're taking uh, Olive out and like they're making this change and all that stuff. And then they, th then the this Reddit thread ends up, then, then he gets released, which, I think Mark, tell me because uh, I'm not a big traditional sports guy, but my understanding is like if there's a bunch of unpopular changes being made to a team, people tend to blame the GM and then they want the GM out, right? Yeah, generally. I think also uh, I said this on the dive, but like if I was coaching a team and my GM was like, "We're making this change in the roster," that's going to cause a lot of tension in traditional sports and in esports. I just don't think that happens. <laughs> so like, yeah, you can blame. Um, Danon and Rigby can chime in here if Peter just tried to sell one of your players or force you to like <laughs> swap, you know, put in a new a new starter, like you would probably have some thoughts on that and like if you weren't already in alignment with it, I mean, you know, like you, you wouldn't just let a GM like change your team on you. We're swapping oh. speakerphone spied next week, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. You're quiet again, Peter. I don't know how you managed to change your volume all the time. I think okay. he has the automatic voice thing that's a system setting, okay. if I had to guess. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Rigby, continue. Oh, uh, I mean, if someone tells... So, like, I like, when I join a team, I pretty much make try, try to make clear to the management, to the player, and to the coaching staff on, like, what I want to do in this team. And then I try to like listen to their opinions on like how they want this team to do. And then after that, like you have like a mutual agreement that has like bit of both included, right? And then I try to like stick on to that. And then on the middle of that, uh, if like anyone says something like uh, swap this player or this player is gonna go out or something, I just have talk with us uh, whoever that brought that up and will say, okay, if it doesn't fit the original commitment that I had, I would basically say, is the agreement that we had on the team goals uh, still the same or not? And then if it's not, I'd just rather leave the team. Yeah, so, like, so my point... Sorry, finish up. Yeah, it's just like CVA. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I feel like a lot of coaches, like the fact that these moves happen to me, I guess is, is the reason I asked Rigby about this is because like my perspective is much the same way. Like I don't think most esports orgs work where like the GM is just going to like big dick the coach. And so obviously there's a lot of other people in this org signing off on these moves beyond Danon. And maybe he's the fall guy. Maybe I, I don't know exactly what individual move it was or if it was a combination of just not getting results this year. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I just that that was the weirdest thing to me is I maybe maybe you're right, Mark. Maybe this was more of a collaboration between the coaching staff and the GM. But it if if I was surprised that so many people were like, "Wow, can't believe GG let their GM go going ahead of like off season kicking off for them in the next month or so, assuming they don't make worlds." And I'm like, what? Uh, but you, general consensus has been that Gigi's roster stuff has been a shit show this whole year. So like, I don't, I was just surprised to see people have that reaction. So can I make just a counterpoint to this? So, yes. so I was talking with, with somebody who, some people who work in the scenes on this, but you know, there's rumors of, you know, uh, people selling spots and things like this in LCS, this making the change now suggests that this is not a team that is looking to sell. Right, they are definitely like, not. I, yeah, I mentioned but, this on Hotline League like a week or so yeah. ago, but like they brought me into their giant facility that they are like, yeah. not giant, but like a, a very considerable investment into building out a facility in LA. Like that's not something that but, you would do if you're looking to sell. But, but you're planning for 2023. If you've given up on this year, which it sounds like they have, even though they've made playoffs, then what do you want in place? You want your new staff in place the day that you're eliminated so you can start scouting for 2023, right? So it suggests that like that them taking this move before means that they've already kind of given up on the season and they want to put themselves in the best position that they can possibly be in moving into next year, right? Which sounds, uh, and to be clear, this isn't, I wasn't talking to anyone from Golden Guardians. I was just talking to, to some other people who, who know this kind of stuff better than me, but like this yes. kind of thing suggests that this is, this is the plan for Golden Guardians, right? Now, <laughs> Without knowing what went on behind the scenes, it's it's very hard for me to comment, right? Because, you know, maybe this is a scapegoat situation and, you know, 20 people agreed to this and just one guy has to take the fall. But what I will say from the Golden Garden situation is it's very, very frustrating from the EG perspective because what actually happened is... Oh, boy, here we go. Direct... <laughs> here Sorry? we go. I was wondering if we were going to get into this. I saw Arsh bring no, it up no. in chat. Yeah, Mark no, and, no, I, Mark no, and I, mean... I are going to fight you on this, Peter. Go ahead. Okay, but as a direct result of this, they put their LCS starter into... In, to a game against an amateur team. Who gives like a how... fuck? What do you mean? Who gives a? Who gives I mean, a fuck, Peter Dunn? The because... academy is not there to to actually feel to give people trophies. It is there to develop talent, and, it and it's to... secondary to the LCS. And if you, I I think it's stupid that they moved uh, Olive down into yeah. academy. But I do not like if they felt like that was the best move for their team. I don't think that you should ever be like, well, let's fuck the LCS roster this week because Peter Dunn might be unhappy that Blaze Olive is heading into Academy. Damn, I've activated Travis's trap card. Um, <laughs> no, no, but the uh, but, but as a look as a serious point, right? Like there, obviously, there's a system that is going on in place, and obviously, if the rules allow for it, the rules allow for it, right? But but 
you know, you, you have a Proving Grounds tournament, right, which is designed to showcase ta up, upcoming talent, and you allow something like this to go and happen in this kind of a system. Either the scheduling needs to change so it doesn't happen again, a rules change needs to happen so it doesn't happen again, but when you mess up something like this, right, when the rules allow for something like this to happen, and it does, you have just thrown away five like amateur players who don't have the opportunity who haven't played lcs yet you have thrown away their biggest opportunity to to advertise themselves going into the trans window for next year right and like on that eg you know i think all of the guys on egp are extremely talented but you look at a player like yukino who's one of the most hyped players in in amateur and he doesn't get to play proven grounds because golden guardians can't sort their shit like i mean that that for me is really 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 frustrating right like and that's what angers me about it, right? Like, I, I don't care about competitive integrity situations, which they are here. What I care about is that something was allowed to happen in place that put five, that damaged the career opportunities of five players that spent three months earning, fighting hard to get their place. And that 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 really frustrates me. Okay, so I, you guys, I you guys can both be right here. Travis no, Mark, is right there. Mark, you fucking coward. We talked about <laughs> this beforehand, and you're not no, going to no, back no. me up. No, no, you no. You fucking this is, coward. This is my perspective. I say oh both my right. god, I'm going to leak the fucking DMs. It, let me let me I, find the guy. I am the type of person who you know I am so down to be such a little shit and exploit every single thing I can. I'm the guy who cancels scrims on CLG once I realized that playing TSM and then beating CLG got us into Worlds for free. And I canceled scrims on them the day before they played their fucking championship match and we swapped to warming up TSM. You know what? I'll do whatever under the grimy shit under the sun that's allowed. So in that sense, I'm 100% down for what Golden Guardians did. You know, like, I'm gonna do what's best for me, motherfucker. But at the same time, I can understand Peter's point that, you know, you can make the system better so I can't get away with grimy stuff. I just think it's so weird. Like, the, the counter argument here, Peter, is like, what if making that change had actually worked? Like, well, you wouldn't be able to make that argument if that change had actually worked, because what if, if for, for Golden Guardians main roster, if it was like, oh, suddenly they went and won and then they made it into playoffs, the counter argument would be by refusing to make the change to send somebody to Academy, then you're fucking over these four players who've been on the main roster of Golden Guardians and have been trying so hard for all year long, and now they can't make it into LCS because we have to make sure that we don't screw over uh, Yukuno, who's like, a, I'm sure, a great person, but I don't know. He's really funny. Oh man, they put Prismal Leader and River on the same roster. Like, I mean... Okay, but... I mean, it, I... it could, it could it, there's a world it could have worked. Sorry, 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 Rigby. Too. I mean, it's just like... Peter is like head of coaching stuff, right? So he, it is his job to defend all the negative situations that happens on our team. So it's like really reasonable for him to be like that mad. Like that just shows how he cares for the like our prodigies right but like it's ger just generally this is a competition and then they don't care if it's amateur they don't care it's pro right and then this shit can happen the thing that happened to egp can always happen to lcs too right yep. considering that since proving ground is like a experience that it's kind of like a school that gets like the young amateur ready to be like professional players then this is like good experience for them it's something that they have to go through once they become pro and then it's like an early experience so i think it's just like valuable regardless of it being like right or wrong because you just have to adapt to it that's the life of professional player at yeah. the end that's true trust trust nobody nobody has your interests at heart 
you're gonna get screwed over. No, no, but I mean, you're, no, I mean, you're right. Like, I'm, I'm not being sarcastic. Like, I think this is actually a valuable lesson. I think, I think Rigby's actually right too. I, I just, I like, and there's people in the chat calling me out on like trying to, to, you know, I, oh, how hypocritical Travis supports native talent, but then is okay with this. And I'm just like, guys, I don't, I am never going to ever be okay with anything where. And this is what Mark said to me privately in DMs, and he's cow being a coward now. But well, I'm never going to be okay said. with anything where a team costs their LCS team some compet. Like if they are trying to make changes, and obviously these changes don't work out. But if they're trying to make changes to get their team into playoffs for LCS, I don't think they should ever be like, "Well, we can't do that because what about these aspiring NA talent in a cat?" Like your point. The point is to make it to playoffs in North America and do as best as you can there in lcs that is the priority nothing else matters you know yeah, i mean my, my issue is more with the rule book right like That's I, think, I, okay. think, I think well i think what golden guardians did was scummy but like you know you are a you know your job is not to play to the benefits of egp right it's to uh it's to it's the play to the rules and they did what something which was allowed in the rules but hopefully this won't happen again in the rules yeah right? uh, That's fair. and i'm I, I can that, understand that, why you would want the rules changed uh, to not allow uh, for something like this. Yeah. I like the rules as is so that they can experience the burn of getting screwed over early in their careers. If you protect them the whole way up, they're going to what? Learn this lesson on stage? In the LCS? Yeah, that's no. going to be worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been scrolling to see if I can find this conversation I had with. Uh, mark but i can't but uh i, I deleted feel, it no, i feel I so fu did you i feel so fucking <laughs> no, no, no. baited by you because i was ready for we'd have this conversation then you come in and just wuss out which is so uh, that's very off brand for you mark i i didn't I, i'll admit that when i saw peter's tweet and you linked it i think to me and you're like peter's throwing a like a little you know complaint fest and i was like yeah i don't give a fuck <laughs> i'm pretty that sure that is what not what you said what you what said did I say then you said i don't uh, remember Oh god! Uh, uh, uh. All right, uh, you you start closing out the show. I'll look. Okay. okay I, I, yeah, fucking oh yeah. Oh, here we go. I said it. I didn't even link you his tweet. All I said was, "Man, this is August third, ten fifteen p.m. Man, it's crazy to me that everyone's complaining about GG quote unquote fucking up proving grounds." And then Mark replied, "Haha, people just love to freak out about random shit." Like, what do they want GG to do in their season so Yakuno Cat maybe wins? And that was the only, that was our whole conversation. So you can I understand, about right. you can understand how I was ready for Mark to come in a little bit more fire than he was. But Mark knows who Yukino Cat is. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, he's all over Challengers Q. Anyone who's paying any Champion, attention to Champions North America. Champions Q, you fucking boomer. Oh my God. Well, no, I mean, like, if, if you know Champions Q, you know who he is. Yeah, you call it Challengers Q. Oh, whatever, dude. <laughs> Who did that? We had somebody on the show do that. We made fun of them. Okay, anyway. Oh, yeah. That's... I mean, as you can tell that, I will flip-flop immediately to whatever's funniest in the moment. That's, that is that is the show. Uh, Peter Dunn, noted defender of Yakuna Cat. Any shout-outs, plugs, anything you want to say? I mean, I'll stop being the... Oh, wait. I have to say goodbye. Hang on. I... I forgot that Blue Jay was here. We have to say goodbye to Blue Jay. Blue Jay, Blue Jay what do you want to what do you want to shout out as we say goodbye to you? Uh, I'll just shout out your content. It's actually pretty beast, Travis. I'm liking the geography stuff and whatnot. So thank keep you, it up, thank dude. You. I'm I'm I ripped that off, but I do feel good about all about from LEC. Who but cares? I do feel... Literally, no one cares that it's ripped off. It's, uh, it's there's good. At least That's a couple people... people who have made weird remarks about it, but um, uh, even people in the scene, but. 
I I am happy about ripping off the fucking money thing that I stole from TikTok. But anyway, thank you for that. Sorry, I interrupted. Anything else? No, no, no. That's that's it. Yeah. Thanks right. for having me on. Have a good one. Okay. See ya. Okay. Back to saying goodbye to Peter. Peter, what shoutouts do you have? Uh, yeah. No, no. I mean, I I just said I'll stop being like a Mojo Jojo. You know, like a half of girls <laughs> villain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, actually talk about things. Okay, so shout out number one uh, to EGA. EGA playing 100 Thieves Academy uh, in Proving Grounds should be a really, really fun game. Um, probably two of the top four uh, academy teams playing in the lower bracket. Uh, elimination game, so should be should be a really exciting one on Wednesday. Um, so tune in for that. Uh, shout out to uh, to you guys for doing really good content. Really love the uh, the pro. What do you call it? The pro quiz. Oh, pop, surprise pop test. Pop quiz, surprise uh, test. Yeah, oh, yeah. Surprise test, surprise Very test. Very yeah. different than pop quiz, surprise oh. test. Surprise yeah. test, yes. So, so all of you guys, all of you guys who are in the chat, if you haven't checked it out, you should go and, you should go and see it. You should go and see it yourself. And... My first 100K yeah. video since LS was dismissed from C9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good content. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, thank you for having us on. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, Rigby, how about you? What do you want to shout out? Uh, shout out to my players who will be awarded with their uh, second trophy on this team by the <laughs> end of uh, summer finals. And then a shout out to like this show because like I basically don't know a lot about like NA scene, right? Because I've been like spending most of my life in LCK. But at the same time, I try to get closer to my players. So I look into like those things that the players are watching and then they actually really like the content from you guys. So I looked into it and then I kind of like, it just became natural to me. So thank you for all the great contents. And then like, thank you for having me here because like no one, I, I basically like, spoke to no one apart from like you guys. <laughs> awesome. And then it was fun. Thank you. I'm glad you came on because yeah. we, we were only supposed to get Peter and then like you replied, I think to one of Travis's tweets or Peter's tweet maybe about coming on. And then you've actually said some really funny and insightful things. This has actually been one of my favorite episodes in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I, uh, for, for context, I reached out to EG's PR folks and I was literally just like, send me any, because this was yesterday. And I was like, okay, they locked first. Just give me anyone. I'll take a player. I'll take Peter. I'll take coaching staff people. I'll take uh, 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 Andrew, their GM. I'll, I'll just like send somebody on. And so I think maybe for speed or expediency, it was like, okay, well, we can always get Peter to do it. Um, but I'm really glad that you, that you made that tweet because uh, Peter Dunn then reached out to me um, and was telling me like, oh yeah, we should get you on. So it just worked out really well. So I'm glad it happened. Um, all right, Mark, shout outs, anything? Uh, I don't think anything in particular. Uh, just watching the same old shit. Uh, blame, blame game me. coming out this week on Wednesday. Resin refresh tomorrow. I'll probably stream before it. Travis. I Did might be a little late because in? I'm coming. Going to be coming from an event happening at a team thing, but we'll talk about it. But it, I don't think it's going okay. to be super late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Um, what about you, Travis? Anything to shout out? Yes, I have so much stuff to shout out. Um, we have a whole bunch of really fun stuff that I did at LCS this past weekend. I went all three days and spent the first two days filming uh, surprise test stuff. So. Uh, I have because this past weekend was the last week and I could do that with the players because of the way that playoffs and structure work. So I, I have four episodes banked that will come out over the next month. So that feels really good. Um, and we are trying to do more fun stuff like the um, the money thing that we did today. If you guys haven't seen that, I put it up on social. It'll, I'm trying to figure out. It's very short, but I might just 
YOLO and stick it on the YouTube channel too. So, oh, um, you remember, remember we were making bets about how many it would get. You're at seventy k views on that right now. No, I said yeah, you would did, blow past did, the forty k. It did go up. It did go up. So, um, yeah, that feels good. But either way, there's another one of those money things coming out tomorrow because uh, I did two of them and it was very expensive. So, I'll hopefully get a sponsor for it in the future. But um, thank you so much, everybody, for watching. Thanks, Peter and Rigby, for coming on. This is a great episode. Uh, I'm gonna premiere. The next episode, or the the rough cut of the next episode of Surprise Test on stream, don't leave. I already saw 75 people leave, so I said it too late. But thanks, everyone. This has been Hotline League. We'll catch you next time.